Blog Talk Radio. Peace. 
All right, and we got so much more. I mean, I didn't even put half the hot topics on that we have got to talk about, plus the news was going in the poli- on the political arena as far as them vaccines. Y'all getting that I Am Legend out there in them streets. <laughs> it looked like it's I Am Legend for women. Y'all be careful. Be careful right now. That's why I say wait. Sometimes you got to fall back, like, and wait for a minute. Like, it doesn't mean you don't have to get it. It just means wait. Wait. <laughs> So we'll talk about that, the stuff that's going on with the vaccine, and a little bit more political news and stuff out here, what they're doing out here in these streets, in these messy streets, okay? Um, what else? Oh, my God, I got so much to talk to y'all about. You know what? There's a couple of things. Okay, my week. My week was great. I had a really good week. I'm trying to finish it. You know, I'm, I'm I'm getting closer to the end of my classes, so, you know, I'm doing them online, and I'm trying to finish up this a lot of the stuff that's going on, you know, and I find myself getting piled up. I feel like, oh, my God, I'm getting piled up with so many things. But it's all good. It's good. I'm, I'm, I'm learning to figure it out. I'm a flighty girl, okay? So it's, sometimes it's, um, you know, sometimes I can hyper-focus, and sometimes I'm all over the place. I'm like, woo-hoo. Like my, my granny always used to talk about that, like, calm down. Like, I'd be all <laughs> everywhere, right? So, you know, I'm I so so this is that's this is how I feel this week has been. I've been kinda of woohoo, woohoo, you know. <laughs> uh flying at the seat of my pants, but it's good. It's good. I'm I am i am having a good a really, really good week, surprisingly. You know, it's been rainy here in Texas the last couple of days. I mean, raining is ass. I mean just storming, okay. But it's it's kinda of cloudy today, but you know, it's good. It's all good, okay? So, yeah, and then, you know, next week, oh, my God, I'm so excited. Okay, so next week I walk in this show. I'm kind of nervous because, like, you know, like I'm no Naomi, Naomi Campbell here. This is not what you get. <laughs> I might can get with her and some pics. I can't take some pics. But as far as walking, it's an opt out. But I want I I do want to do it because it's just it's just be so fun for me so I'm so excited and I got another opportunity from that so I can't tell y'all right now but I'll tell y'all a little later. <laughs> but it's so cool it's so cool I get this first little this little modeling thing so y'all wish me luck trying to you know walk in front of these people because I you know I'm nervous I'm I'm not no Naomi but I am you know I'm I do the best that Carlotta can do. <laughs> All right, so it's it's gonna be fun. I I I wanted to do it, you know, to kind of just break that energy. Like you know, I I feel like this year for my forty eighth year on on Earth that I have to do things that challenge me, you know. And so I'm trying to push my little limits here, <laughs> and it's been quite the adventure. Okay, let me say that. All right, so what else? Oh my God! What else we got to talk about out in these streets? Um, oh, I forgot to put up on the description Usher in the stripper dollars. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that. I know Usher. They said Usher's doing like a concert thing in um, in Vegas. Like he said, I was like, Oh my God! Me and maybe I have to get some friends together and we have to go check out Usher. In his, if he does, I think he's supposed to be doing a Vegas residency over the summer. Like I need a concert. Like damn it, I'm tired. I can't. I can't. I can't be waiting for Maxwell. I got. I ain't got time for that. I, I need to go to a concert. <laughs> Whoever's playing right now, <laughs> unless it's somebody ridiculous. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I maybe we should get together and see 
go see Usher. That would be fun in Vegas. I think that's what they said. I know I have to look that up. I'm not sure. But that would be so cool. Like, really, that would be cool. Speaking of Vegas, Beyonce. <laughs> oh, calm down, Beehive. I actually have something nice to say. <laughs> Beyonce was like, she showed pictures this week at her. Beyonce always takes beautiful pictures. She is such a gorgeous girl. Uh, but she took some pictures in Vegas. I mean, you know, here's the thing. I do have a thing about Beyonce, though. She, you know, in this, she's really trying to be Michael Jackson, like, in an age, like, she's trying to be a throwback to old celebrities. And in an age where, and I know her people are telling her this, but I feel like it's a drastic mistake for her. Uh, and they think it works, but it works because they, like I say, they push her to make it work. You know, they push her down your throats until you, you start saying, yeah, she is great. But but it's a, it, it actually is a lot of push behind it. But she actually, to me, they need to. She needs to be regular. Like she was walking down the street in Vegas, like in a whole full ass suit with some gold things on. Uh, <laughs> it was like weird. Like it's like she. It's like I'm like no. Like you know, in this age of reality, I think she does a disservice to herself by appearing on like Instagram only with pictures, no words. Um, you know, um, and I don't know because that's what I don't. That's one of the things I don't like. I feel, and I feel, and I understand why she does it, because it's so hard in this day and age, because you can be canceled at any moment or anything, and so it's so hard to express yourself. But I really believe, because I remember old Beyonce, who used to express herself. So I, I find it so, you know, strange that they now have her in this robotic kind of picture-like I thing. I, I can't stand it. I think it's a bad, I think it's just a, I'm like, talk. Like, hi, hey, y'all, I'm in Vegas with my man. <laughs> I mean, can you speak? <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's so weird. But, that was, yeah, but it was some gorgeous pictures. So Vegas is showing me that Vegas is up and ready. People are out there, you know, in Vegas. People are starting to move around a little bit more. But I saw Beyonce's. I think that was Vegas she was in. It looked like it was Vegas. So, yeah, so... So I thought that was strange, but here's the weird thing. I got something to say. Beehive, I have a retraction. I was watching, last night I just happened to be, when I was, what was I, was I cooking? I was cooking, right? And I, I just happened to be having on the TV, and Obsession came on with Beyonce and Idris Elba, right? And let me tell you, now, I'm not going to, listen here, Beehive, I'm going to say something nice, okay? But there was a part, I think it was a kitchen scene, and I think I had forgotten about it. And I was like, no. Like, she actually did a really good job in that scene. I was like, she showed actor's chops. I was like, wow, you know what? And then I realized, I said, you know what's holding? I, I kind of realized why Beyonce is such a bad, comes off as such a bad actress, because there were times in that movie, I happened to be watching it the other night, and I, I said, there were times in that movie that she did really, really well. And I think what's going on, I think I figured it out, okay? <laughs> I always got some shit to talk when I start off, especially with the Beehive, okay? But I think it is this, I, she's so, like I said, she's one of the, she's very conscious of herself, and so, um, and I understand this because, you know, like, you know, I, that's what I do now, like in my, for my classes, you know, 
my my I do theater. So I get that the consciousness of yourself because I have that problem sometimes. You you can she can be so conscious of herself, and I think she has to lose the consciousness of herself to be a better actress, right? Like she she's so thinking of her, not thinking in the character. But there were a couple of moments in that movie where I saw something like greatness, and it was that kitchen scene. I was like, oh my god, no, she can kind of act. I mean, I didn't see it in the in the other five hundred movies. But wait a minute, we got something here. And we I and I thought about it for a second. I said, you know what she really needs to do? I mean, if her people are listening, I not that you guys are gonna listen to me. But let me just say this. If she really wants to, a career in acting, which I really actually think she has the chops and the depth, she is a Scorpio moon. I mean, she's emotional. Right? So and she's a Virgo sun. I forget what her ascendant is. But listen. So she has the depth. So my thing is, is I think what's going on with Beyonce is that she needs to be herself. You know, you've done everything in your career. You, I mean, you kissed everybody's ass. You, you, they boosted you up with the awards and all this shit. And really, I think it's now just the time to be Beyonce. I mean, if you're really serious about an acting career, what if I was her? What I would do is just, you know. Get into a great acting class in L.A. or something like that with regular people and be regular and go to the class. At first, they're going to be all excited for you, but after the first five times of you being there, they ain't going to be excited no more. So, like, you know, they'll probably always be a little excited, but, you know, and get regular. Like, she, when she was in Vegas the other day, I was like, why are you walking around in a suit? I know you're taking pictures, but is that the fuck, is that what the fuck you do all the time? I mean, don't you, when you out, like, maybe have a nice pair of jeans and some cute little, cute little sexy shirt or something? What in the hell? <laughs> you walking around Vegas. Why you walking? It just gets weird. I think she just needs to be, get regular. Like, not re- She can't be regular. But do become more human-like, less robotic. And that's what I discovered. See, I happened to be watching The Possession, and I was like, yeah, I get it. I think there is this squashing of her personality. There's this squashing of, like, you, we don't need you. We need you to not speak, not speak, speak less, which makes, which dumbs you down. When people tell you to speak less, it dumbs you down. You don't learn. You don't learn from your mistakes about what you're talking about. You, you, you're, you're constantly perfecting yourself in your head or whatever. So when you do speak, it's sort of like, yeah, okay. You know, like you, you dumb yourself down when people take your voice, right, or when they take from you the very thing. Even I don't care if they say you sound country or whatever. It dumbs you down when you fail to be yourself, and that's why, you know, sometimes that she has that robotic image come across and this idea that she can't act. And I think that's kind of being squashed down by people around her, you know. Like I always say, I, I feel like she has a team and that really doesn't really believe in it. They do, but they really don't. Really funny. But I noticed that. That's behind. That was my retraction is that there was a great, a great acting moment in the possession. Because okay, I happened to watch a little bit of it again. They had it playing while I was watching television. See, there's a nice thing. I can say nice things. God. But I wanted to say it because I, I felt like I needed to say that. I'm able to give people love when, it's, when I need to. Okay? So that's that. Okay? So that's I got a chance to watch that a little bit this weekend. And let's talk about Jocelyn Hernandez, Jocelyn's Cabaret. 
it is giving me life. It's on We TV. I thought it was on Zeus. <laughs> it was on Zeus, but they're showing like I think the first or second season on We TV. Oh my God, Jocelyn is such. She's a Scorpio, okay. Jocelyn started off, and you know she has done Scorpion things. I mean, this is true. She's she's had some true Scorpion essence moments. I can uh, moments of you know that like you know. Moments where I can be like, yeah, I can appreciate. Jocelyn started off on Love and Hip Hop, okay? Has a ratchet, she came out like a ratchet stripper who was messing with Stevie J. Be honest now. And she was, Stevie J was going between her and what's his baby mama? I forget this baby mama, okay? I mean, it was all kind of messy. I mean, it was looking, and Jocelyn took that mess, okay? Because it's, I mean, CDJ, I mean, he threw, he, he threw, put her and that girl through, okay? And what Jocelyn done that I can appreciate in the midst of all of this craziness, when everybody's looking at her going, this is crazy. Like, why y'all let, why you let CDJ use you? But this is the thing about a Scorpio that I love. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio, so I love it. Scorpios can play the game with you. Like, she played the game with Stevie J. She she knew she was probably looking ratchet, but she knew this was her way out. Like, her way into something greater. And listen, she made that Jocelyn Hernandez character big, the craziness of it. She made it bigger. You see Jocelyn glowing up every time. First of y'all was calling her a man, but y'all don't do that so much anymore. Jocelyn has really, I mean, she's always pretty, but a lot of people thought she looked like men. But she's actually glowed up even more. And the whole time that she was starting to become the bigger thing on Love and Hip Hop, she started realizing, like, oh, like, now I don't need Love and Hip Hop so much. And I don't need to be, like, Mona Scott. I don't need to be, I'm being undervalued here. So what I'm getting ready to do is take what I know and make a reality show. And boy, did she do it. <laughs> Jocelyn's cabaret, Jocelyn is going to help those executive producers. That should be, it's probably going to be a big-ass reality show, uh, especially now that they're letting it be on TV. Listen, it is about, what she does is she goes to get strippers out of these, you know, clubs that are normally not the classiest. And she tries to transform their life. Real Scorpio shit, because we always think we transforming folks. We love that shit. <laughs> you know, because it's, here's the thing. I, 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 I talk about Scorpios a lot because I'm a Scorpio on here. But what I love about being a Scorpio, what I love, and I'm a Lil's too, you know, so I'm, not, I'm like a black little Scorpio and I'm a Scorpio son, right? But what I love about being a Scorpio is even though we go through so many emotional things and stuff like that, is you get this deep insight into people. Like if you use it right, you know what I'm saying? You, there's a deep insight that you can get into people and that you can help people. Like you can change because you can see what they can't. You can see what others can't see. You know, that's our gift, I believe. Like we can see our us November babies, especially November and late October babies. That's our gift. Like we can t- early November and late October babies up to the twenty. What's the twentieth? Twenty first. That we can we get that insight that, and we can either use it for darkness, you know, because we love darkness, or we can use it for light, right? And so, um, 
It started with a drama a little bit to the dark, you know. So it's so it's so great. Now here's Jocelyn in a dark space, right? <laughs> Which is the stripper club, trying to transform these girls into cabaret dancers. Okay, like she's saying, like you don't have to take off your clothes and make you know just to, to make money. You can do a sexy dance and sexy stuff and still get the kind of money you get on these poles out here in these streets. Okay, so this week, the show, they, they released this first trailer. I got to watch the whole show, and let me tell you, it's great. It's, it's, it's so ratchet. Sounds great, it's ratchet, but I do understand what you're trying to do. <laughs> okay, so um, let me let me pull it, pull it up, you guys. I, I want you guys to hear. Like, I, I was so shocked by the first trailer when I first watched it. I was like, seriously? Like, really? <laughs> So let me uh, let me see if I can pull it up here for you guys to hear what uh, Lee's, uh the cabaret, the trailer from her first show. I think I was watching an old. I don't know if I was watching the exact new show. Not sure yet. But let's let me pull this up so you guys can hear it. Okay. Uh, okay. Here we go. Okay. This is a trailer. Jocelyn is talking to the girls about you know. Um, you know, trying to do what she's trying to do as far as transforming them from strippers to cabaret dancers. And so let's check this out, okay? Okay, do I get it up? And you can get out of the... I speculate to understand this. You can change your life. And you can get out of the... The gutter. Are you crying? I am. What's going on? Why are you crying? Man, it hit home for me. Come step up, come step up. Let, let Let me hear you. What what happened? I was saying it's the gutter is a rough place, you know, okay. and you got to do everything, any and everything to make it, you know, every situation, including aborted twins. You feel me to better yourself because I do want to leave you. But you just had an abortion, twins. Twins. Mm. Yeah, double homicide. Sorry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It ain't funny, but it's funny. I mean, when I first saw this trailer, I was like, seriously? Like, so this here's this girl, Jocelyn Coswell, to the front. She's talking about being in the gutter, and she just had an abortion because she was coming out of a bad relationship, and she aborted twins. So one of the girls behind her said, damn, double homicide. <laughs> damn. I was like, what kind of shit is this? I mean, oh, my God. And there's another trailer going around. Where this girl, and I, I don't have it up. I don't have this particular trailer up. But this girl, this white girl, she goes, Jocelyn is going to the, like, the, the strip clubs on the strip. Like, she's going to get girls who's grimy in the strip club, right? <laughs> right? And so, <laughs> Jocelyn, <laughs> Jocelyn gets these girls. Jocelyn's always been trying to encourage. It's so funny because, you know, Jocelyn is the, is the person it's, it's it's so funny because she used to be so ratchet kind of on Love and Hip Hop, and now she's on there has this, you know, the, the, the scorpion eagle trying to transform other people, right? So here she is. So Jocelyn's there, and she's in the club talking to this, this other trailer, and this white girl is talking to this black girl and saying, you, she's saying they arguing about something, and she's saying, the girl is saying, well, uh, she, the girl,
girl is saying something, she said, well, I, the white girl turns around and says to the black girl, says, well, I don't appreciate somebody talking to my, talking about my nigga. That's what she says, my nigga. The white girl says, my nigga, whoever she dating, and she dating a black man. And she feels like it's okay to say my nigga, right? And she is white, right? And so the black girl looks at Jocelyn and said, may I? She says twice. She says it twice. She asked Jocelyn twice, may I? Jocelyn doesn't say anything. The next thing you know, she is ramming this girl in the face, like kicking her ass. I love a messy reality show with hope at the end. <laughs> I got to watch it. I was, I was, Jocelyn's, cabaret, Jocelyn's Cabaret, I am so here for all of the smoke. <laughs> Man, Jocelyn, if I could do your re- a reunion show, I would do it. I love it. I am here for it. I would do it with the bodyguard nearby, but I would definitely do it. Oh, my God. Just the messy. It's so messy. It's just <laughs> just enough scorpion darkness with enough scorpion hope. <laughs> A mess. So, you guys, that's going to be the new, character, the new reality show I'll be watching this year. And I know love, growing up hip-hop is coming back. They're, they're, they're actually... I know that they're focusing a lot on Angela this year. We're going to look at that, too. But I'm telling you, Jocelyn's Cabaret, Jocelyn's Cabaret, okay, Jocelyn, you have made a wild turnaround, a wild comeback. You are now in the seat of the person that you were against a few years ago, which was, you know, she was. She talked about, I think she was against the Mona Scott thing because she felt like Mona Scott was undervaluing her and stuff like that. But now... Here's Jocelyn in this spot of, like, it's such a Scorpio move. And I actually love the idea that what she's doing. It's a ratchet show. It's going to get the views. It's going to get everything. And with these trailers, these trailers they have picked out are, like, make you want to watch them. And I, I watched the trailer the first night. I mean, I watched the show the first night, and the first night they were arguing and fighting. <laughs> a hot mess, Okay. But again, it's my it's some I love I I love a hot a messy reality show. I will listen here, even though it messes up my brain cells sometimes. I will watch it. But Jocelyn, Jocelyn actually has a little bit of hope and emp- empowerment in it. If <laughs> you can have that, okay. All right, you guys. So that's what I've been watching for my week. <laughs> Y'all like oh Carlotta, a mess. Hey. Jocelyn's Cabaret, I'm telling y'all, that's going to be a hit. Don't, hey, I'm telling y'all, it is what it is, okay? All right, so my it's a word this week. When I come back from break, I'm going to do my it's a word because I really don't know what it really is. I wrote an it's a word down to do for you guys, but I'm like, I really didn't write anything else. I wrote like a sentence like that I was going to say. <laughs> and I could, I just, I didn't know. And I said, you know what, I'll figure out the rest. Maybe I, I'm supposed to figure out the rest. When I when I get into the show, but I'm gonna give you a break. I'm gonna take a break, and then we're gonna come back, and I'm gonna get into it's a word, and uh, what it, I'll tell you guys what it is, okay? And I always do it's a word from my like what I've been going through during you know the week or the month or something like that. And my it's a word this week is like, you know, as I grow older, <laughs> gracefully. 
<laughs> I am trying to figure out a way, you know, like, I'm like, how do you grow older? Like, you know, like, I love it. No, 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 trust me. I don't want the alternative. <laughs> Growing older is a blessing, right? But how do you grow older to and maintain your youth? Like, I'm realizing, like, in my 40s, like, there are certain things, like, I'm like, wow, you know, can I wear that anymore? Can I do this? You know, there are all these questions. So you're trying to maintain your your balance and your youthfulness at every age and trying to figure out, like, this, this, this like, new way of being, right? Like, this new way of coming into where you're the mature woman in the room, right? So... Yeah, so I want to talk to you guys about embracing your beauty and power at every age, okay, at every age that you're at, even you young girls, okay? So when I come back, we're going to get into that. Meanwhile, let me tell you all what has been my jam, okay, when I work when I work out. Like after I do my regular workout with my trainer, I usually do treadmill or some rowers. I do different things, okay? And so my jam is being tapping, listening to and it's actually growing on me, okay, because I really, at first when I heard it, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but then, you know, I kept hearing, you know, it's sometimes in these songs, like, you keep hearing a certain, um, how can I say it, a certain, um, like a certain beat, an old beat, an old school beat. It's like in, uh, what's his name, Tank song, uh, You're My Star. You can hear that, you can hear that, This you can hear it, Michael Jackson. Like that Michael Jackson song, and, and what's this, Fine China with Chris Brown. You hear that Michael Jackson song. I think it's This Place Hotel. They love to use that beat. I feel like this is this Place Hotel is the reason why I'm liking D-Nice's new song. Because I hear that, that sound in it, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? I mean, I can hear it. It's Michael Jackson-y, but I still hear it, right? <laughs> and I, I'm beginning to love this damn song when I work out. I'm like, this song. Is the shit? I'm, I'm really beginning to like it. So here is uh, no chance for what's no plans for love. D nice Neo and Ken or something. So you guys, we're gonna listen to that. I'll be back in a moment. It's the Carlotta Chatwood Show. Be back. <laughs> Yeah. 
in the Pipsy a number one. Boy, let me tell you, that used to be my song. <laughs> when I was like, what was I, like 11, 10? <laughs> that was my joint, you know, right? The way it starts out, oh, my God. That's, that's what was it. That's like, a, you know, like the B-side jails, the ghetto, the hood jails, the ghetto. Yes, like people didn't even pay no attention to. You're number one in my book. That was that was the jam, okay? All right, you guys. And before that, no ch- no plans for love. I want to say no chance. No plans for love, D-Nice. I really love that one. Damn, I love that part Nia is Neo said, I really don't double back. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm starting, starting to be my group. Oh, my little exercise group, okay? All right, you guys, I am back, and it is time for It's a Word, okay? So my It's a Word is about, you know, I was thinking about aging this week, and, you know, listen, here, it's a lot of work after 35. (laughs) I mean, I was thinking this morning how I got up, right, you know, and, you know, like, it's so funny because my my trainer had to have these uh, talks on, um, Sarah Jane Fitness, she has these talks on, if you're on Clubhouse, that she has talks with different women from different backgrounds and different, you know, and, you know, and everything who are going through, um, you know, trying to do the weight loss thing. Let me tell you, after 40, girls, that's why I say take care of your bodies because after 40, shit gets hard, okay? Like, you can smell food and it's like, damn. <laughs> right, so so you you know really you know take and it gets harder to work out. Like when you're in your late forties, like I woke up this morning early, early to do workout. I mean because it, it gets harder. And I was like, oh, like my body was like, no, my knees were like, hell no. <laughs> and then when we got to the workout, and I had just other women, you know, in the workout, and you know, like she started breaking down where our workout was gonna be. That I was like, oh, <laughs> no. No, <laughs> like you know, like it, it's it's such like I'm like wow my knee and then afterwards you know it's just a lot. I mean you know and sometimes you know, I mean you really work hard to maintain. That's why I'm starting to like I like listening to different uh the, some of the gurus today about uh, relationships and stuff like that. I do listen to the dudes like Kevin Samuels. I like O'Shea. I like. Uh, I do like, um, uh, I, I love, my favorite, though, is the business. I love Jason Black. Because I think Jason has more of an understanding and balance a little bit. Jason's older. I think Jason sees a little bit more balance. But here's the thing. <laughs> but some, a lot of the guys, I, I think men don't understand women, the evolution of women, and what happens with women as we gain, as we move in our age, as we go through, as we go through the aging process. And um, the last, I mean, I think these men, like, sometimes they, you know, they, they're very hard. Like, this week I think he was saying, I listened to Kevin Samuels, he was talking about, uh, I mean, he's on Joe Button. He's talking about Fati being a six. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, you know, saying, um, uh, what did he say? He was saying, uh, like, Pam Greer would have been like an eight and a seven. Uh, an eight is like an eight and a seven. I'm like, are you fucking Pam Greer? Bitch, there's no way Pam Greer is not, Pam Greer is eight now. <laughs> As she ages, but she's not, she was nowhere, all the way ten. But listen, here's what I say. I, I often think sometimes men, or a lot of these sometimes dating guys, 
who say these things about, like, you know, they start saying these things about women. I think because women, the standard of beauty for a woman, women have so many things available to them now uh, to use to enhance their beauty. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And especially black women. Black women, we've always been beautiful, no matter what we do or what stage we're in. But we got so many tools. Black women, are we're so creative. Like, you know, we got we can use braids. We can use, you know what I'm saying, hair, weed. We can use wigs. We can use uh, no afros. We can do it all, okay? And we're just a beautiful group of women. But I always feel like we have to, as we age, as we we have to overly explain our beauty standards. We have to overly talk about, you know, uh, getting dissed by certain men who don't understand the evolution of aging, the evolution of becoming a woman, uh, about hitting walls and shit like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, and so you you find yourself such pressure to become just gracefully older and enjoy every stage or you know what i'm saying because you know you have these gurus out here that make you that make women think that they tap out at a certain age but i just want to really say to women that you do not tap out of anything i mean like you know does it get harder to date as you get older if you're a single woman yeah sometimes but there are a lot of men out there who love women their age or women who are older. You know what I'm saying? And your whole women's whole lives don't evolve around men. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I would say women, we, we to be honest, I, I would really say this about women. We really like, we like, how can I explain this in, in a way that's not insulting to men because I love men. But I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm talking about aging, but I'm going somewhere with this, okay? Um, you know why Wonder Woman was written, the story of Wonder Woman, the Amazon women? I always laugh at that. Where it's a, it's a, it's a, a whole world full of women. Because women can actually live like that. <laughs> we actually like each other. I mean, when we, at the core of us. We can be jealous and competitive, and we can seem like we not like each other, but we can, when we have close friends, we can actually enjoy each other's company, not in a lesbian sort of way. I'm not saying that. I'm saying women, typically, there is more women, have, men are a part of our lives, and we love men, okay, who women who are not, you know, women who are straight, or, you know what I'm saying? But when, Women who aren't straight, we 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 see the importance of males in our lives, but it's not so important that you are are be all to end all. Like if after we're forty five, like we can't we 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 need we need to have you that much. I mean, we find so many other things in life to get involved in to do. And to be, you know what I'm saying, and to be, and women have so many more, so many, so much more options today than they did in my great-grandmother's day. Like, I think about my great-grandmother, and, you know, and I'm coming to, I'm, I, y'all, I'm all over the place, but really, I'm, y'all know I'm getting somewhere, I'm coming to it. My great-grandmother, from what I, I knew, and I knew my great-grandmother very well in her elderly years, but by the time, you know, by the time I came along, my great-grandmother was a little bit of a shadow of herself, you know. But I would hear stories about who she was, like, a little bit beforehand. And so in the time that she came along, you know, she's in a time where racism was at an all-time, like, really, I mean, you know, racism at a high today is hidden, though. It's a more of a, a, a hidden, woven thing that you can't see right out. 
But in my grandmother's, great-grandmother's day, it was really in your face. And my great-grandmother did so many things. Like she, you know, she, my great-grandmother just would travel by herself, drive, and, you know, different things. She was running this uh, cleaners that these white people own. Like she was literally the business. Like they, you know, and she, she really was a businesswoman at heart. But her time, the time that she was in made it very hard made it very hard for her to do what to 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 be what she really was in that that she was you know and my great grandmother was a Sagittarius you know so Sagittarius is move, they moving they like freedom my great grandmother was all of that okay and so it made it very hard for her to have a family and to move in those ways as a black woman and as a woman in that time period and I think it, it did something to her spirit but today in my time. That's not the case. Everything doesn't have to be our husband and our, you know, children or if you have children or something like that. There are so many other things that women can do and become involved in. So I think a lot of times what you have is when you have some of these dating shows, I mean these I mean these guru guys, and I don't want to, you know, diss them on this, but I think that you have men trying to maintain hold on women who they consider out of control. Like, you know, women, you're supposed to be just in, I think the core sometimes of men, not all men, I'm not saying all the dating guys, but their core values and ideals is to think that women are supposed to be hot in the house, barefoot and pregnant, and that's all they're good for, and to evolve into the, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and, and to evolve into, uh, you know, something that is there for the man, hand, and foot. And you are a help meet, but help meets come in a number of ways, okay, especially in our day and time. Evolution has changed things mightily, okay, in this society. So I think about that that doesn't exist anymore. My great-grandmother's day does not exist where a woman has to struggle to have her sense of value you know, in, it's, it's just in family, you know, it, it means just in being married or something like that. And why I'm talking about all this is because aging can be such a hard process for women because as you hear people like that, these dating gurus and people like that are these, not dating gurus but relationship gurus and stuff like that, limit your value to just youth or to limit or limit your value to just your womb. <laughs> or limit your value to, you know, it, it becomes very disheartening for some women. And I'm really talking mostly to women. And, men, you can take it for whatever you want to take it today if you want to take it for your own self. But what I want to encourage every woman is about at every age you are beautiful. At every age, every age you uh, you want to achieve growing old. Growing old is a beautiful thing. If you don't achieve it, then you know what that means, <laughs> right? So uh, growing old is a blessing, and I wanted to say that, you know, like, you know, how we do it, I don't know. I actually don't know how to be, I didn't know how to be 48 until I turned 48, <laughs> right, because I've never been there before, right? But thank God I'm there. I'm here, <laughs> right? And I won't know how to be 49 until I turn 49. And so I want you women to understand that we're going to be, we're going to be, it's not going to be perfect. Our, our our way through life is not going to be perfect. How we manage to go through our, uh, go through our 
older years, it's going to be like the younger years, trial and error, okay? But you can do it so um, gracefully and uh, with power. You know what I'm saying? With power at every, you know, at every stage and every age. And you don't have to grow old. There's these quotes I like. Um, I got a couple of quotes I wanted to do. Uh, it says, what is it? Uh, oh, I'm trying to find this quote that I like. Okay, there's one that says, um, you can't help getting older, but you don't have to get old. You can always have a youthful spirit, a youthful state of mind, always keep up with different things, always keep abreast of things, and, and, and you know what I'm saying? And there are so many older people like now in their 80s and, and stuff like that. I'd be tripped out. Like they, some of them are still working. Some of them are still moving. I mean, you know, they're not in the way. And some of them don't even look, act like in their 80s. You know, they're, like my grandfather, I always trip off my grandfather. My grandfather still, like I get in the car when I'm in Kansas City, I ride with him in his car. You know, I ride with him to see how he's driving. And I'm like, I'm always amazed. I'm like, oh, my God, like, he really does good. I mean, he's, is he a little slower? Yeah, but not, like, overly slow. Like, you know what I'm saying? And he, I mean, I'm always ama- amazed about, like, how well he's doing in his 80s. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, wow. And my grandmother, she's very youthful in her your her spirit. She tries to keep up with everything and stuff like that. So it's always amazing to me at how every stage, yes, your body is growing older. Yes, things are, are, are changing and things are different. But how to meet life at every stage with a, a new and greater expectation of who you are and to have peace with your age, with aging and to um, – how can I say, um, embrace uh, being beautiful. I'll tell you this. Like, I love watching girls like, I always like uh, the Chloe girl. I mean, I, sometimes I think it's over the top, yes. But I, I, can't, I, I love girls exploring their, who, who they are as a sexual being. Not, I'm not saying having sex with everybody. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, try exploring, like, looking sexy or, you know, or what does that What's the best me? Trying to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get uh, figure that thing out. And I think that in your has in your in your twenties, you got to understand there is going to be that trial and error. You're just now beginning to learn life. Don't don't let people be so tough on you. Don't let people, I know these guys out here trying to tell you your womb is important and your time is important, and it, and all that is important if you want to get married, if that's your desire or whatever. It's some things are important that people say, but for the most part, the most important thing is to understand purpose and drive in your 20s. What is your purpose? What are you put on this earth to do? If you can figure that out early on, you'll be ahead of the game. It's not about should you be married, should you be this and that. It's really about who you were called to be in the earthly plane, okay? So that's in your 20s. I feel like that's when you can embrace your you can embrace those different things about learning, you know, like what is – what am I? Who am I? What, you know, because sometimes we women end up in, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but in our 40s we end up revisiting our 20s again because of certain things we didn't do there, you know. That's why I call it midlife rejuvenation or midlife uh, uh, kind of, I forget what the other word I use, but because it's kind of us mid, uh, uh, adjusting what we should have done maybe years ago or something. So, um, So young ladies in your 20s, 
you can embrace yourself by understanding purpose and drive. It doesn't necessarily have to be in marriage. If it's that's what God called you to do, then great. But it could be in getting your finances together, getting your um your your um your body together, making sure you keeping it right, developing habits that help you as you get you get older in age, help you maintain health uh health your health as you as you age and think about that now in your 20s okay i know you think it's all going to stay together i did too <laughs> you can eat anything and you just go out here no you really have to start healthy habits now so at, at that time at this time in your life okay so i want to encourage young ladies in your 20s embrace uh, your trials and errors also embrace your um your purpose, you know what I'm saying, embrace it and have full drive behind it because it's the best time to get things done, okay? In your 30s, right, and I can only speak up to my 40s. I can tell you all what other people have told me after 50s, but we're going to start this. But in your 30s, 30s is a time, you know what I'm saying, that you, it's kind of a weird time. The 30s were very weird for me, very weird, very weird time. I personally, I, my 30s are a little bit of a blur. I will not lie to you, okay? Because going into towards the end of my 20s, I was in a very weird spot. So, uh, you know, you know, I, I was a very much a, a church a church girl. I still love church. I still love the Lord. But I was very much a church girl. and But I was secretly kind of going through a depression stage, right? So those, those years are a little bit of a blur for me. But the 30s are a time, I think your 20s and 30s are a time to build. But 30s are going to always, in my opinion, even with my girlfriends when we have these discussions, 30s are a weird stage. It really is. It's a great stage. It's a very weird one because you're right on the cusp of coming out of, you know, your youth, okay? So you're... You're trying to um, walk in a different, you know what I'm saying, walk in maturity, you know, it's a, 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 but yet trying to uh, still, you know what I'm saying, still come to terms with that you're not in your 20s anymore and it's a new day. There's so many things there, but the 30s are a rich time to build, okay? They are such a rich time to build. Like those habits that you've already, if you've developed good habits in your 20s and stuff, then you can build on those and become even more advanced. But if you haven't, the 30s gives you an extra chance to start that those habits now and start to uh, build quickly, okay, so that in your 40s you can be comfortable. Now, girls, in our 40s, 40s is very different, you know. 40s is more freeing to me. I when I turned 40, I felt like, wow. I felt like a lot of weight was lifted off of me. I did. I felt like my 40s were, you know, there was, let me tell you, I had the most beautiful. I always tell you guys I have I had a spiritual experience. I did. I have the had the most beautiful spiritual experience in my mid-40s. And it's really changed how I see life. It really, it really helped me in my middle age to revisit my 20s again. You know, I was like, well, you know what, there's some things I just didn't do or I didn't, you know, and I need to revisit that to see how I can adjust it in this time and really make it happen for myself now. You know what I'm saying? And, I, yes, I'm at a different stage, but I really need to examine everything around me to make sure that I'm in the right place. So 40s 
to me, it's a place of examination, of looking at where you're at. Are you in the right spot? Are you in the right places? Are you in the right? So by the time you hit 50, you know that you are going to be comfortably moving in, in, in the direction that you should be for the rest, you know, rest of your life. And you'll always be evolving and growing. But the 40s is such a pivotal time to really embrace the power of who you are, to really embrace your, um, your to me, your sensuality. Your, I mean, I find myself in my 40s, I'm embracing my sensuality more, my sexy more. I didn't do that in my 20s. You know, I actually was afraid of myself, of my power in my 20s. I, you know, I have a really weird story. I'll share it with you guys one day, but I'm not going to share it. But in my 20s, you know, It used to it's such a weird thing. I didn't embrace my sensuality and sexuality as much. And there's a reason for that. But I th- I love that's why I say to young ladies, still balance it out, but do embrace that in your twenties, okay? I'm embracing it now though. Definitely embracing it now. It makes people uncomfortable. But that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I think people are becoming a little uncomfortable with the new me, like people are like, Oh, like, okay. But it's okay. It's okay. So I, this is why I just I say this today is about embracing your beauty and power at every age because, you know, at each age, I mean, as I age and I get older and I talk to older women who are older, that you know, I have a lot of older women who tell me, tell me, you know, women who are in their seventies, eighties, who tell me I don't feel really any different. I mean, I I mean, I don't feel in my insides. On the outside, I feel like I'm older because my body's getting older and stuff like that but I still don't feel much different than that girl and so that's something that's so that tells me all the time about our spirit and our energy while our bodies may be growing older our spirits really uh never really age our spirits are eternal so we want to nurture our body as long as we can but also understand that we, you always have to keep nurturing your spirit man because your spirit man is a thing, it matures, but it actually never, the spirit man doesn't age us. And that's what I'm discovering. As I talk to older women, everything is ageless. Like, you know, in our spirits, a lot of times, our, has, the only thing we recognize when we're, we, we, yes, we mature through events and things that happen in our lives, and we have a sense of maturity, and we grow and we learn from lessons and everything. That's a part of life here on earth. But at the same time, there is this space in us as we grow older. Like I, I'm like I remember the 17 year old me, and sometimes I don't feel any different from the 17 year old girl. Like, I've grown so much from her, but sometimes I still feel like her. Like, you know, so that tells me that my spirit is something that can't be contained in age, right? And so as we grow older, our bodies may grow older and everything like that, but our spirit man that drives who we are does not have to grow old and boring and everything. I'm not saying boring, but it does not have to be confined to – confined to what uh, age is on earth, okay? Yes, our bodies grow old. Yes, we have to adjust. Yes, we have to move a little differently. But we can keep our youthful spirit because our spirits don't age. 
Okay, so I hope I made sense to you guys and about embracing your uh, power at every age. I don't know. I just I just thought about it as I went along. I didn't really know what I was going to say, but that's what I where I'm at today. That's what I'm trying to do. So I want to encourage you, and I just want to encourage women too. As you grow older, like I have some, you know, I have some friends that have told me, you know, hey, you know what, you really encourage me to really take care of myself more, you know, really uh, be, you know, feel like I can be kind of sexy again. I don't have to look a certain way or whatever. And I'm, I'm glad I do. I'm glad I'm doing that for you. <laughs> I'm so glad. You know, because I feel inspired by certain type of women who are older. Like, you know, when I see Angela Bassett, I'm like, damn, you know, I don't have to, she don't look like the average 60-year-old. Or when I see a, a Charday or something like that, I'm like, God, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like you can, yes, over the years she's gotten older, but she's still a beauty at her age. You know what I'm saying? All right, as you look at, um, I mean, there are so many women. I even think Tina Knowles is beautiful. Like you see so many different ages, like people, get, but they have such youthful spirits. I think those are women who have a very youthful energy and spirits. Okay, and so that and that it it, it flows to the outside, right? You know, so. Uh, it's hard to. It's like Lena Horn. Remember, Lena Horn was beautiful until the day she died. <laughs> Lena Horn was like fire, right? Uh, or when you think about Dorothy Dandridge, even though she died very early in life, but Dorothy was going to be that person. Dorothy hadn't passed. Dorothy would be another person that'd be beautiful until the age, you know, till she probably till she was eighties. I mean, in her eighties and nineties. Uh, uh, but let me see who else. Uh, um, beautiful uh, Cicely Tyson. Oh my. Like beautiful in her nineties, like you look the skin, the face, I mean, it's just beautiful. Okay, so when you think, I mean, you think about, and that's because her spirit was very youthful. Like when she talked, very mature, classy, but still very young, very aware of her time, very aware of the surroundings and stuff like that. But yet, was very empowered in her age, you know, in her age group. Or some, or when you see somebody like I haven't, we haven't seen her around that were like Betty White. Betty White, you know, she still has such a youthful vibe. Was working like into her nineties. She just recently stopped working not too long ago. But you know, still we just worked the whole time. So there is ways that you can embrace age but still maintain that power and that beauty in your your. Uh, as you go, I mean, you know, it changes. Like, hey, Holly Berry, I mean, gosh, I mean, Jesus, you know, like gorgeous, like really gorgeous, <laughs> right? So, and you know, what I love about Holly Berry is that she's had, you know, she's had, we talked about it on this show, she's had some flip-flop shit to love, right? You know, but what I love about her that I think is so beautiful about her is that she still keeps trying. Like, she, she loves falling in love. Like, she's embraced it, like, Shit, I'm just a love junkie, and I'm going to embrace that shit. <laughs> and you got to love it about her. Like, you know, she's like, it is what it is. I just love being a love junkie. I, it, 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 just, what are y'all going to do about it? <laughs> and, like, now she's, you know, she's with Ben Hunt, and she seems so youthful with it. She's having so much fun. So you can't, you, I mean, I can't be mad at that. I think that is a beautiful thing, and that's a, what women who are empowering themselves in their age uh, uh, group and in, in their age range, just empower, being empowering and beautiful, okay? So, and you don't, you know, 
and every stage, you, and you don't have to, you've already been in your 20s, you don't have to compete with anybody in their 20s, you're already, you've already been there and done that, <laughs> right? So if you are in an, another stage in life, embrace it and love it and be inspired by it, okay? All right, you guys, so we're going to get into the news, okay? So it is time, you know, how we be talking about around in these streets, these hot topics. Okay, so we're going to go into U.S. housing market right now because, you know, everybody is talking about this housing market is some people haven't decided whether it's a bubble yet or not. Uh, I suspect bubble. I think it's been a long-running bubble. <laughs> uh, but uh, some people, you know, don't think so. But I, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's very, I mean, the markets are very overpriced. I don't know if you're going to see it really going. Let me see if I can pull this up here. You guys don't have my articles, like, right up yet. So, hold on here. We'll get it. Okay. So it's uh, Weekend Reads, Just How Crazy Is the U.S. Uh, housing market, doc, uh, market Right Now. This is according to MarketWatch.com. It says the supply for home, uh, of homes for sale in the U.S. during March was down 52% from a year earlier. Meanwhile, the average listed price for a home increased 15.6%, according to Realtor.com. Here's more insight to, into what's happening in the housing market. Um how uh, how investors can ride the way, the housing wave. Michael Bush says investors shouldn't be worried about a housing bubble. See, he also lists home builder stocks that should be considered now. Now, I actually think you should in some ways because I'm wondering what happens with six months or seven months from now when they start listing all these things like things on evictions and and things on uh, mortgage situations and stuff like that. What we're going to see, okay? Unless they keep unless they keep putting stimulus into the economy to help people, um, it's going to be interesting, okay? Uh, but it says another strategist, Jeffrey uh, Brat, Bratish Bratash, says an alarmist is toxic. You may find hard to believe. Uh, this is about how Americans are paying for uh, used cars, but it says. Uh, here are some of these things that you can find out in this article. It says, "I want to, if you want to build your dream home, uh, here's why there's a shortage of lumber, steel, microwaves, and even refrigerators. How do you compete with home buyers who can pay all in cash? Uh, no vacancy. Here's uh, one fix for affordable housing. So it gives you a lot of things that you can, if you go to marketwatch.com, they talk about a lot of things where you can look at now, right now, if you're trying to buy a house and how to deal with this uh, home housing thing, the the market, I found it very interesting because I was reading an article about this earlier. And, you know, a lot of people are finding themselves more and more not being able to afford housing. And one of the reasons they are able to afford housing right now is because, you know, you literally can get it. I mean, it's cheap now. I think what's the, what's the Fed has, like, a, the, the interest rate at, like, 3% or something like that. So people can, you know, you can get a, a home right now, but it's an overly priced home <laughs> for, like, you. I mean, homes that are, you know, are, are like that probably are normally worth 175 now are going for, like, 3 something. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, the, and it's like every, in, in different especially in small small towns. Now, I'm interested to wonder how what happens in places like L.A. where people are moving, fl- 
flooding because they're flooding midwestern towns and southern cities and places from L.A. and stuff like that. So we you expect the rates to go up in those southern places and stuff like that. But I'm wondering how it's going to affect the housing market in L.A. in L.A. a year from now. How's that going to look? So, yeah, so it's very interesting. If you guys want to go read more about what's going on in the housing market and how crazy it is right now, uh, go to marketwatch.com or msn.com, and they have an article there of where a bunch of other, other articles that you can uh, read about the, uh, about what's going on in the homeowner uh, situation. Okay. Next one is, uh, this was a really interesting article I saw. Are foods we eating contributing to super bugs? I thought that was really interesting. Um, pull that up. And this is from MSN.com. And it's saying research, and this is a Newsweek via Newsweek. It says researchers have detected the building blocks of superbugs, bacteria resistant to antibodies, antibiotics used to fight them in the environment near large factory farms in the United States. Okay, An investigation conducted by Global Animal Welfare Nonprofit World Animal Protection identified that uh, identify what are known as antibiotic-resistant genes, ARGs, and waterways in uh, soils near these forms that could pose a significant threat to public health, according to a, sh- a report shared exclusively with Newsweek, okay? Interesting. In October 2020, investigators took 45 water samples and 45 soil samples from eight sites in eastern North Carolina, both downstream and upstream of industrial pig farms. These samples were then analyzed to identify whether 23 target ARGs were present. The area from where the samples were taken features a heavy concentration of large pig farms which discharge, which discharge waste into waterways and spread pig waste on local crop fields. Ooh. <laughs> Factory farms were a large a number of animals are confined to cage or bearing concrete pens, routinely use antibiotics to mask poor welfare conditions and prevent stressed animals from getting sick. But this overuse of antibiotics can lead to the emergence of superbugs, which are considered one of the most significant global health threats. Now, people have been talking about this for years, not just with the animal, but the overuse of antibiotics, even in doctors giving it to you and stuff like that, that you're becoming more more resistant to uh, certain diseases. It says ARGs are genetic elements that allow bacteria not to be as easily killed by a particular type of antibiotic that it previously had been sensitive to. Michael Hansen, senior scientist on the Watt Report, told Newsweek, ARGs can, okay, here we go, where is it at? ARGs can, ARGs can occur naturally or can be created by via mutations. In addition, these ARGs often occur on mobile genetic elements called a plasmid, uh, which allow them to be readily swapped between bacteria. Essentially, antibiotic-resistant bacteria originated on forms can spread their resistant genes to harmful bacteria already present in the surrounding environment with genes persisting beyond the viability of the bacteria themselves. When antibiotics are used, they tend to kill the bacteria that are sensitive to them so that the surviving bacteria are less sensitive to the antibiotic because the population as a whole has become more resistant to the antibiotic. This means that a higher level of antibiotic is needed to kill those bacteria. Hansen said the use of antibiotics on forms often leads to various bacteria releasing plasmids 
with antibiotic-resistant genes on them. Wow. As these plasmids move between bacteria, they can pick up more ARGs so that certain plasmids uh, may contain numerous ARGs confirm resistance to three or more classes of antibiotics. Some plasmids have um, five or more ARGs on them. Superbugs are defined as bacteria that are resistant to three or more classes of antibiotics, okay? So they're saying that, you know, because they're put, they're feeding these uh, form these pigs and different things like these antibiotics and stuff. We're eating them, you know. And shit, let me try to tell you, let me tell you something. Okay, <laughs> I like pork. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I'm a, you know, I'm a Midwestern girl, but I was raised raised by uh, people from the south. You know, it's so we <laughs> shit. <laughs> right, so I like a pig, right? So they're saying that, hey, because these animals are being fed these antibiotics to make it look like, you know, make to make it to cover up for the conditions they keep these animals in because they're not doing a good job in, in keeping uh, the uh, the animals and stock. They feed them to cover that up that we, you know, we're in return eating this stuff, and it's making us less resistant. It's making everybody less resistant to uh, superbugs that come because antibiotics will no longer fight them. That's why when you, uh, in the hospital, I, I said, talked about that, where my grandmother had germ or super, a superbug. It was a germ-related illness. Now, they threw all the antibiotics they could at it, and that's what ended up helping her to get better. But really, it was a superbug, and they have a lot of those in the hospital now. <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. So, um, uh, yeah, so this is a very interesting story. Man, you know, it just keeps getting messier, messier in nature, <laughs> okay? You got, that's why you got to pray over your food, okay? We got spiritual discernment, right? You, it's, just a, it's just a mess out here, okay? Uh, also, this week, let's see, what else do we got to talk about? Okay, the officer who shot Rihanna Tra- Taylor trying to publish a book, okay, uh, you know, this is this is wild. I I mean the nerve though, so soon. You know, I wouldn't you know the question is why even try to write a book right now? You know that wound is fresh, you know, wait for years down the aisle if you wanna say your line, if you wanna say your piece, but you know, it's so fresh right now for people. You know, uh, but this is according to Yahoo. It says, uh, one of the police officers who fired shots at Breonna Taylor is writing a book about the experience. That, ain't that some shit? Wow. Sergeant Jonathan Matlin, 48, has a deal with the Post Hill Press, a conservative political book publisher. Matlin was not charged in Taylor's death and once sued Taylor's boyfriend for emotional distress. Uh, see, that tells you the kind of person. I mean, you know what, even if you did what you did, let's like say, for instance, if you felt you really did it on an accident, your behavior should show as such. You know she's got a family out there, Brianna Taylor does, and I know you're probably eager to tell your side of the story, and you can. There are news media outlets and everything, but to write a book, to sue somebody and everything like that speaks to the type of energy. That's this person is. But it says, a Louisville police officer who shot Rihanna Taylor is writing a book. Uh, Sergeant uh, uh, Jonathan Malley is in the process of writing The Fight for Truth, the inside story behind Rihanna Taylor's tragedy for the Post Hill Press, a publishing company printing the categories of pop culture, business, self-help, health, current events, 
Christian and conservative political books. The Courier Journal learned Manley is writing a book after he messaged the publication for permission to use a staff photograph of protest streaming from Taylor's death. Uh, this book was initially to be distributed by publishing giant, giant Simon and Schuster, but they, the company has since decided not to work on the book. Like much of the American public, earlier today, Simon and Schuster learned of plans by distribution, client Post Hill Press, to publish a book by Jonathan Malley. The publisher said in a statement to, New York, to the New York Times, we have subsequently decided not to be involved with the distribution of this book. Um, Listen, I think it's tasteless to write a book right now. I think it's, you know, I don't, I, and I, don't, I, and listen, I am not for protesting for publishers to not write, to not do certain books and stuff like that. I feel like it's freedom of the press, for, I mean, freedom of speech. Uh, we start infringing on people's rights and stuff. I know you, you and because see, I'm very about, I'm even, I'll even stand up for people's rights who I disagree with, who can be racist and stuff like that because. I want people to stand up for my rights. I want to have the freedom to say what the fuck I want to say, okay? So, um, you know, uh, I don't think, you know, I mean, publishers, corporations are going to do them, right? So in some senses, but it's up to the people, it's up to humanity not to buy the book if you don't want to. But I do feel this, this man eventually does have a right to tell his story, although it is tasteless to do it right now. And if you do tell your story, maybe you should donate the money to her family or some of the money to her family. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's, it's he sounds kind of it sounds like tasteless. He's trying to prove that he's this and that. And, and you know, I don't blame the publishers. I, that, that's not what I'm. I'm not into that. Like putting pressure on publishers not to silence him. I mean, people can fucking print their own books nowadays. You really can't silence people. And when the more you put pressure on people, when you the more you put, we learned this from the years in the '80s when y'all people was trying to protest two live crew. That was a mistake for people who were protesting. They considered them raunchy because all it did was make him sell more albums. So all you gonna do is all you've done is giving this man free Simon and Schuster is just giving this man and the people who are protesting this book has given him free publicity. So right now while I'm talking about his damn book. Even though he done went to another publisher, now people are gonna be looking for this book in his point of view. When you simply didn't have to put pressure on anybody. <laughs> and just went ahead and let him wrote whatever be tack and be t- uh be have a lack of taste and and be uh, a lack of class and write his book and, you know, it let the chips fall where they may. You know what I'm saying? But when we put pressure on certain things, to me, you give it more uh, publicity. So, I mean, it's a very bad thing. I think it's terrible to do, and it says a lot to uh, their char- his character. I mean, he just did an interview and said what you thought. <laughs> so very uh, crazy on that one, okay? Um... I love this week, though. I want to talk about this. So I'm not going to talk about it too much, but I love when uh, everybody pulled up on that uh, <laughs> that uh, uh, a sergeant this week with all the black people. That's what I'm talking about. With them. He, with that dude, that army guy, was harassing that black young man for walking down the street. He was harassing this black. Let me see. I got to pull the article so some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, okay? So let me pull it up. I wasn't going to talk too much on it, but I'm going to go ahead and pull it up here. Okay, it says, uh, neighbors react to protests following confrontation outside. 
uh, Summit Home. It says, and this is according to WIS News 10, it says, residents of Summit neighborhood are reflecting after a protest took place outside a home Wednesday in response to a confrontation between two men. Jonathan Pentland is accused of confronting a black man who was walking on the sidewalk outside of his home in Barney, in Barney Place. Barani Place. He has been arrested and charged with third-degree assault and battery. Wednesday, protesters gathered in the neighborhood for hours, and, prote- and the protest was peaceful. But by nightfall, Pentland's home was vandalized, and deputies cleared the area. Lavana Goodwin, who lives across the street from Pentland's home, had a front-row seat. Goodwin said she was thankful for the protesters because she feels they brought about change. She feels... Had there not been a protest, Pentland would not have been charged. Black people are tired of being treated wrong, not getting fair treatment, Goodwin said. The young man was just walking up the street, and he was harassed and assaulted. Knowing if it happened the other way, one of us would be in jail, somewhere hurt or slammed on the neck or something like that. Another neighbor, however, felt differently about the situation. Twice I asked the sheriff's department to come down here and open up the traffic lane so cars could get out and back in, Gus Pollock said. There were deputies up at Timber Creek Drive enjoying the shade. They said they were formulating a game plan, but I forgot to ask uh, if yesterday was game day. Um, listen, um, yeah, listen, I, I don't care what you neighbors thought. Listen here, get rid nobody should be harassed for walking down the fucking street. That black man was just walking down the street, and here come this dude out here uh, just harassing him and accusing him, telling him he don't live here. He doesn't have the right. He don't own the fucking street. Okay, and I appreciate every black person that pulled up. Black we need black people. We need to make a habit of that. <laughs> that was beautiful. Pulled up on his ass and said, "Yo, like put us all off the street." Well, what? Come on out. Let's see. We just want to have a talk with you. He got back up. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was a beautiful scene. It was beautiful. It was the most. It was one of the most beautiful things of 2021, black folks pulling up on his ass. <laughs> neighbors, if you're going to get mad at the crowd out in front of your house, be mad at your racist-ass neighbor talking shit to somebody just walking down the street, okay, harassing somebody that just walking down the damn street. <laughs> he got not only did he get assault charges, but he got black folks pulling up on him big time. Now, I ain't for vandalizing nobody's house, but I am for the pull-up and <laughs> let them know what's up. <laughs> like, he got people, okay? He got people. <laughs> I love it. I love when we act like that. That was beautiful. That was a beautiful moment in black history. <laughs> All right, you guys, when I come back, cause we got to take a break here, but when I come back, we got to go into J-Lo, talk about Jennifer Lopez and Honey. It's over with Alex Rodriguez. We got to talk about that. We got to talk about Chrissy Teigen and got her ass back on Twitter fast. <laughs> Hazel E surgery complications. Okay, and we, I, you know what? What else do I got in the uh, thing to talk to y'all about? Lord have mercy, I got to look here. Because uh, I be forgetting. <laughs> y'all know what I'm, I be. Okay, we got to talk about Dr. Dre's divorce. Okay, we got so we got a whole lot to talk about. Okay, but. This is one thing I really want to talk about. Joey Chavez this week. Y'all know how I love me some Joey Chavez, right? I love Joey Chavez is like that girl is so fire when she dances. I be damn, I want to dance like Joey Chavez. 
<laughs> right? So, uh, but yeah, Joey Travis, you know, she has a baby by Shad Moss and she has a baby by uh, Future, okay? She said an interesting thing this week about child support. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> okay, when we get back to that and a whole lot more, meanwhile, we got to go to break. God, I don't know what I'm playing for y'all, though. We're going to break, but I sure don't know what the. Uh... Oh, I do, okay? Is it? Oh. Uh, I think, uh, oh, it's uh, Barry White. I love this one. Okay, Gerald Levert, I think, wrote this song. Last week I was wrong. So, you know, I be saying a lot of wrong shit sometimes because I be talking all my, because I got so much music in my head, so my catalogs merge sometimes, or my music stuff merges. Like I was talking about, uh, I thought, I remember, I think I was saying Pharrell had produced Storm, but he. I don't think he did. He didn't. It was just Blaze. And when I... Got off the show, I immediately remember hearing the beginning of the track, of the remix, is just Blaze. And that's why I was like, oh, no, it wasn't him, it was just Blaze. So, yeah, okay, so I got that one wrong last week. I'll get one plenty of wrong, <laughs> plenty of wrong sometimes here and there. But, you guys, okay, so this one, I really love this one. I think Packing What You Preach was written by Gerald Levert. I think so. If I'm wrong, you guys correct me, but I do believe that it was written by Gerald Levert. It was a big hit for Barry White. I love this song, one of my favorite songs. Uh, so let's listen to that. I'll be back in a moment. We'll be back to in a moment to uh, talk that talk, y'all. If I can pull it up. Why <laughs> can't I never have a smooth transition? <laughs> Here is Barry White, Practice What You Preach. It's the CC Show. I'll be back, y'all. So, what do you want to do? I'm here, baby. I'm ready, baby. I'm waiting on you. Believe me. I am patiently waiting. Turning down the light and 
All right. Oh, my God. That is always a group. I don't care how old it is. Shalomore, second time around. The original Shalomore. Uh, was it the original? Well, Howard wasn't the original lead singer, but she. He might as well have been. Ain't nobody like Howard Hewitt, okay? <laughs> it's the CC Show. I am back. It's Carlotta. And we are talking Hot Topics Saturday. Okay, so let's get into some of these Hot Topics out in these streets. <sighs> Dr. Dre. I mean, you know, every week. The Collier ain't playing, Dre. She's not playing. Okay, just telling you what it is out here. She, yo, 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 ex is not playing on these streets. Okay, this is according to Boston. It says Dr. Dre has yet another obstacle to overcome in his divorce from his wife of more than twenty years, Nicole Young. More than a year after divorce papers were first filed. Dr. Dre must find a new representation. A dozen the ongoing case has ruled that the divorce attorney, Laura Weiser, which is a damn good attorney, along with Dre's lawyer, Howard King, can't represent him in his split from Nicole Young. Weiser is a well, well-known in Los Angeles in the world of entertainment, representing big clients like Kim Kardashian. With this in mind, it's no surprise that Weiser has repped both Dre and Young in the past throughout their marriage, which is why Nicole and her in court papers that she should be, shouldn't be involved in this case. The same goes for Dre's other lawyer, King. Young's lawyer, Samantha Spector, has been trying to disqualify King and Wesler from the case since Young claimed King had acted as she and Dre's family lawyer since the couple was engaged. According to a, a ruling seen by page six, and filed this week in L.A. court, the judge ruled that Dre is instructed to obtain counsel as soon as possible. Damn, Dre, Dre, <laughs> Dr. Dre. She done got the mistresses out here. Last week, she was with the mistress. First of all, you, Dre, listen, 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 listen. This, 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 this is obviously has a, has a, how it's going, okay? Y'all been married for 24 years, right? Okay, just give the woman what she deserves. You trying to fight some you stubborn ass. Listen, listen to what is going on here. <laughs> she started off with a prenup. She's been able to almost to almost get that. Like, I haven't heard anything about the prenup since, okay? She is trying to break that prenup, and she's been winning some major things in case, in the case. I mean, she's been ready. She, she won getting your mistresses to testify, <laughs> allegedly mistresses. And she's won now. You getting a whole new representation, which you could fuck her. You know what I'm saying? It could. It could. But I'm saying right now she's with it. Trey, before anything else happens, man, you've been in the hospital for an aneurysm. Settle with this woman. Give her what she deserves. She's You've been with her 24 years, okay? 24 years. Shit, think of a good damn time, okay? Give her ass. She's had two babies by you. Give her ass a decent amount. Don't try to rob her. Don't try to do that. Don't try. You know, men, men and women, don't try to rob somebody, you know, when they, they, you know, they share the majority of time with you and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, try to give them, don't, I mean, I can understand fighting for half. I can see if she's struggling with finances. She's can do out in the streets. But other than if she ain't been can do, and she's been, uh, uh, y'all been really good, and y'all been together, and you just didn't work out the last several years, and you know you probably been putting her through hell, give her what she deserves. Give her a couple hundred million, two or three hundred, and go take that shit. 
and go on about your life. What in the world? You just had an aneurysm. Death coming for a brief death coming for a brief drive by did not scare you. <laughs> God, Drake, stop it! You need to stop. <laughs> oh Lord, should we talk about Julie Chavez? She's so cute. I like Joey. I've criticized Joey on here before, though, when she put up that little thing about, meme about, uh, you know, what was that little meme she had about uh, Donald Trump? I had to break it down. It's Donald Trump. About Lonnie, Mont- what they said about, what's her name? Trump, Lonnie. What's the Melania? Because I said, you know, Melania, yeah, I can't come at Melania like that. <laughs> it was something she put up about Melania Trump. Crazy. And the reason why I say you can't come at Melania like that, you can't just make her out to be a bust. I mean, you know, when maybe you kind of look like a bust from the eye, you know, the eye gate. I'm not saying that she is, but I'm saying to people, you can look like that too. You know what I'm saying? Having two baby daddies and stuff like that. You know, people can say, eh, and throw you under the bus. So I didn't think it was right for them just to throw Melania under the bus because Melania has done some questionable things in her past. She made a hell of a bad thing. Okay? Like, I feel like Joey has too. I feel like Joey's got her own businesses. She's doing, and she's a beautiful girl. She has two beautiful children. My Bowen and Future. Bow Wow, though. Shad seems like a great dad. I can't, I have to say that. Okay? The Pisces is confused in his shit, you know, but he's a great dad. Now, Joey this week said something very surprising. This is according to RoswellSnitch.com. It says, in a question and answer session on her YouTube channel, rappers Bow Wow and Future's baby mama, Joey Chavez, admits she doesn't receive child support from either of them, okay? This is interesting. Let's take a listen. Okay, uh, hold on. I can pull it up here. Yeah, that'll watch it. Okay, hold on. Something else playing here. Let's see. Okay. Hopefully now we can get this up. I think I can move it. Mercy. Always. Okay. So, these guys, it's going to be a minute here. I'm trying to pull up with Joey Chavez's uh, talk here. Okay. Here we go. Let's take a listen. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I feel like a lot of people
Let's talk. Girls like Joey. Oh, Lord. Joey, unless you're Mariah Carey in these streets, you need to be taking child support. And as a matter of fact, if I was Mariah Carey, the way Nick is acting right now, I'd put his ass on child support. Hell yeah. I'd have him set up a, a, a fund or some sort of trust to put, not to deliver the money to me because Mariah doesn't need it, but to deliver the money into a fund for our children. Because you're having other babies out here, baby mamas out here, so me you don't contribute to this fucking fund. <laughs> I was Mariah, I'd be having it. You need to have a fund set up separately, a trust fund separately for these two twins right here, okay? They're not going to go short later on in life from your estate just because I got a big-ass estate, okay? But, Joey, you're not Mariah Carey up in these streets. And, girl, let me tell you something new. It's not a badge of honor. I know you think it is. It's a badge of honor. Say, well, I don't really need that money from my Because, you know, a lot of women out here don't want to look like, oh, I'm, I'm, one of the, I'm, I'm, I'm being hardcore with these baby daddies out here. I can understand a dude who is struggling, who's trying to get, make his way and stuff like that, and he's really seriously trying to do get himself together so he can pay something to his baby mama. And I can understand women making deals with dudes like that. I get that. I can I can understand having some, you know, leeway on baby daddies struggling and really trying, really trying. Now, I say struggling and don't want to do shit. I'm talking about baby daddies. Like I had a friend one time, Cyborg. I had a girlfriend one time. <laughs> she was fighting with her baby daddy one time. I mean, like, literally, they was having, like, a big-ass fight. I mean, big-ass fights. I'm not. I'm talking about big-ass fights. Like, literally, this was years ago. Big-ass fights where she was just stressing out. Like, literally, this this man didn't want to give up $80 a month. I mean, she was literally, I, I mean, the, 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 the energy she was exhorting, exerting going down to the child support places and stuff like that to try to deal with his ass was literally ridiculous. And I said to her, what she said to me, she's like, you know, I mean, he, he's almost acting like he would sign off on this kid. And I was like, shit. And I said, as a matter of fact, I would let him sign off. So I'll say, shit, I ain't arguing with you over no $80. Fuck that. Nobody's arguing over no $80. I don't have that kind of time. I mean, this was a dude that worked all the time. And I can see if he had a struggle. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, we we can work it out that way. You know, these are dudes; those are dudes that are struggling. Who wasn't struggling? It's just like, don't sign off on your kids. You know, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna argue with you for no eighty dollars. Fuck that. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna be going down to back and forth to child support office or something. It's not gonna happen. Okay. Uh, here's the thing: Kelly Chavez does not have those type of men in her life. She's dealing with Shad Moss, who actually has another Fast and Furious. Uh, he's gonna be in the new latest uh, thing of Fast and Furious. I see you, Chad. Good. Okay, that's going to probably give us, bring in some coins. And she's dealing with future. Got some, you know, I haven't heard him in a while, have some hits. But he's got some, uh, some uh, a quite a little bit of a nice kind of reference catalog, okay? At one time, people were estimating future might be worth about $15, $20 million, okay? Uh, I know he has a lot of children, okay? But Joey, you're, you are a dancer, who is working real hard with a lot of outside things, 
You need to get that money. It is not a badge of honor that, oh, I'm not, see, I'm not harassing these men. I'm not this man. No. If you don't need the money right now, then set them up on some sort of thing. You guys go into with the mediator. You go sit down with the mediator. It's not smart, girl. It's not smart. What you do is go sit down with the mediator, with your baby daddy, and say, hey, let's work out something affordable that you can put in a trust for them. I don't need the money right now. If I do need the money, we'll come back and revisit this. But right now, let's work out a situation where we put up a trust for the children, okay? And it goes directly to the trust. The child support you should be given that I'm not coming after you for, we need that set up, okay? And I don't know if she's not doing that or not. She sounds like she was, but she needs to be. It's not a badge of honor to be not charging these, letting these motherfuckers not give, give you money whenever they want to. These are not struggling baby days, okay? That's just not... That, and don't, and girl, I hope you ain't thinking one of them going to double back up and double back and marry you. Maybe, maybe not. But who gives a fuck? Respect, okay? You are, you are respect for your children. You should not be taking that online. Well, I, if they want to do that on their time, she's acting like it's a badge of honor. Ladies, it's not a badge of honor. It's not a badge of honor. When you have a, a, a baby with someone, they are to, it's both of your, it's, it's you and his, especially his financial responsibility, especially the males. Males often, you know, if they're the provider, to take on some financial. Now, you don't ruin them. I'm not saying ruin them. I'm just saying that you need to make sure that he is not only involved in the child's life, but that he is financially involved. And when you're not married, that involves the court. I know men don't like that shit. I'm sorry, but it would involve the courts. We would have to go to a mediator. Why? Because we're not married. I, I don't have to give you what the courts charge you. We can have a mediator sit down and write out a contractual agreement, and there's an understanding. And if you need to adjust that because something has happened with your income or something like that, then we can have those discussions with mediators. But, ladies, listen, it is not a badge of honor to be running around here uh, trying to struggle on your own with your with child support, unless you got a loser that can't pay, like I said, eighty dollars a month. That's a different story. But I'm talking about when you got, uh, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm not talking. All dudes that can't pay eighty dollars. Some dudes are struggling. They may have just got out of jail. Some dudes may just be trying to get on the city. And I'm not talking about those cats. I'm not talking about guys who are really trying. Work with those type of dudes, okay? So they, they be, some dudes really just need a like a moment, like a say, hey, can I have a moment, get myself together, a couple of years, something like that. And that's respectful, okay? If they can give you forty dollars here, to you. but this is not bad. While on Shad Mouse, hell, Bad Wild just did a, like I said, Fast and Furious. His ass is on growing up hip hop, and Bad Wild's ass only got one child with her. Well, now he got a second one, but he got one child. See, he he, he might have thought a little bit more about that second one had she had his ass on child support. You know what I'm saying? See what I'm talking about, Joey? Now the king, kingdom is split. Now, future's ass is a whole other story. But somebody's like, Liza Rain, you need to learn. You need to go sit and talk with Liza. Liza got it. What's that girl, Liza? She ain't playing no games with, with future's ass. She might say, the rest of you bitches may not do child support. But me, I'm doing it. But I think other women are because I heard this she was trying to find out if she pays if he pays support to Sierra and how much that is and stuff like that. Hey, Liza ain't playing no games with him. All I'm saying is, women, it is not smart to do this on your own, especially if you have well-to-do baby fathers. That's bullshit. If you don't need the money, 
set it up in a fund where the money goes directly to a fund or some sort of trust fund or something like that so that your child can live a better life as they get older. Make sure that he has a will in place. Uh, he has something, a trust for the children in place in case he croaks out or whatever, and you need, you will, you may need the life, the, the, the money at some time. Don't be irresponsible with these well-to-do baby daddies. It is not a badge of honor. People, dudes, will, and they should be ashamed that she even said that. Usher, I mean, I mean, what's not Usher, uh, Bow Wow and uh, Shad and uh, and and Future, you should be ashamed. You should set up something with her just for it. You should say, nah, that ain't right. I'm going to make sure you, that my child is taken care of. I, even if you can't do it, we'll set up a fund. And if you need to go in that fund, we'll come together in mediation or whatever and talk about it, and we can work that out or something like that if you don't need the money right now. But I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm paying for mine and not just when I have them. Which, when do he have them? Somebody like Future, do we have them a lot? I mean, I'm saying Chad. I mean, Chad does. I see that. But still. Kids and girls, especially when they start having other baby mamas, definitely get the child support together. Because I bet the other baby mama going to get her child support check on. Okay. Don't be a fool, Joey. Don't be a fool. Okay? I don't care that she's been working since she was 15. Girl, that ain't nothing. She's been working since I was 13. Shit, that shit ain't nothing. I, I'm, working, I'm not working right now. I'm doing those things. But, girl, I, I understand. Don't. If you got a baby, you a baby mom, you need that money no matter how hard you work. The kids is with you the majority of the fucking time. No, no, no. <sighs> women. Some women. She thinks that makes her cool, like a cool girl, like me, like, oh, that's cool. No, men's like, dance, that's stupid. <laughs> they might say it's cool to you on the outside, but it really is not. Get your, make sure your kids are taken care of, okay? Uh, according, now, this week, uh, Hazel E., I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's really kind of, uh, she went, you know, a lot of, and a lot of girls, you know, have been, you know, doing this. And like I said, I'm not against surgery. I've even thought about surgery myself. I've been talking about, like, you know, certain types of surgery, okay? You know, like Carlotta. No, I listen, I would never, I would not miss this my face, okay? But, you know, sometimes I thought about breast reduction, a little bit of a lift here and there, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Or something like that. So I've thought about little things since I get older, you know what I'm saying? Okay, but not too much. But I'm not against surgery. I'm not against it. But I am against this idea of perfection, Right. Because you see these, you can, you know, I know that if you're on Instagram or Twitter and all these things and you see these Twitter models and Instagram models, women, the expectations can be high. You're like, damn, these bitches get, like, these bitches ain't got no cellulite. <laughs> these bitches' titties are bouncy. Like, they, you know, they have no gravity. <laughs> I mean, it could be, it's like looking at perfection, and a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them have, have had a lot of work done. <laughs> a lot of them are very young. As we get older, our bodies change. It becomes different. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of things, I think there's this quest in this world today because of all these things, all these things that we're seeing for perfection. And uh, that can be so hard on women. So hard, okay? So it brings me to a Hazel E, okay? Uh, 
they says, uh, Hazel E. broke down. This according to BET.com. Breaks down in tears because she details the heartbreaking complications Susie's parents are getting a mommy makeover, okay? For most moms, the pressure to snap back to their post-pregnancy body is real. Okay, the pressure for celebrities because celebrities are in a business where they have to depend on their looks. And the pressure to me is very unrealistic for celebrities, in my opinion, because, I mean, bitches, you just had a baby. Give it a moment. And, you know, they so quick to get on Instagram and say, I got a flat stomach in two weeks when you probably got surgery or something like that. Don't, I mean, it's hard. Weight loss and weight and trying to keep your weight and stuff down and everything, it's hard. It don't happen over fucking night. You know how many setbacks I've had? Get back. I had a step back the other week. Step back, back, coming back up, coming back. It is hard work. I mean, and a lot of these women don't want to get in the gym and do the hard work. But even when you get in the gym, it's hard. It takes time, okay, to sculpt bodies, to decide, to, to get your body together and stuff like that. And this search for perfection can just kill you. Trust me, I just read a story a couple, a few weeks ago about a Mexican girl, Mexican real popular Mexican Instagram model in Mexico who went for surgery in a foreign country and ended up dead. She's trying to get a lot of stuff done. It's like, come on now. You know, so it's, and she looked like a little Barbie doll. I was like, why did you even need that? But she had already had a lot of work done, okay? So it says, unfortunately, the unrealistic pressure to have a tiny waistline after childbirth is magnified for those in the public eye. Some even scramble to find instant weight loss results via plastic surgery and sculpting, okay? Uh, Sally Hazel E. reports her recent postpartum surgery has landed her in emergency surgery after the surgeon noticed complications with her previous augmentation, reportedly done in Mexico back in 2015. It caught up with me in 2021, she revealed via Instagram bio. While I was unclear what exactly caused the problem, the dilemma resulted in the extraction of her breast implants, Lord, along with a blood transfusion, Okay. So uh, it says uh, she she passionately cautions, good plastic surgeons won't let you do stuff that's not good for you, okay? We are mindfully uh, taking this as a moment, uh, as a learning lesson. Prayers, you know, they just be teaching prayers, okay? But listen, girls, okay, I don't give a fuck what's out here, okay? It's a lot out here. Trust me. It's a lot. I see chicks every day where I'm going, wow, that's her body is so great and everything like that. But listen, I'm 48 fucking years old, okay? I I try to make it the best I can. <laughs> I'm trying to look good as, as much as I can for my age group, you know, a little bit edgy, a little bit better, but I'm trying to do it. And, well, I look younger in my thing, but there is no perfection over here, and a bitch can't seek perfection, okay? Now, there's there some things I I don't I ain't mad about people, you know. There's nothing wrong when you got a stubborn, like, say, for instance, women sometimes go and get their arms sculpted because they got that stubborn fat underneath, or people will get their breasts lifted or little things. Maybe go, you can get uh, non-invasive uh, uh, things done to help you with cellulite. You can get uh, things to help you with, you know, uh, I'm not against stuff like that. You can get, as you get older, if you want a little bit of Botox. I mean, not when you're young, but I don't understand you young that you're getting Botox. Can I say something about this? Young girls getting Botox, it makes you actually look older. I, and you can tell you guys are doing it because your faces are real fucking tight. <laughs> and it's not the makeup. Like, it's a difference when you have a bunch of makeup. It's like your faces look really, and you look like you, 
your eyes look really like pulled back. It just is really crazy. It looks unnatural, and you're young, and you don't have to do that. Uh, you know, I I don't even see the need for that at my age yet. I mean, I don't see it. But if I I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. But uh, there is no uh, search for perfect to to be perfection. I don't care what these people are saying. I don't care what people are are putting you up against women, and there is so much competitive energy. Like people, like I, you know, like somebody's calling people a six and all that stuff, and they're natural. It's just ridiculous. I mean, you know, you are what you are, and who wants to be in your life, and who don't want to be in your life? And this is from the male speak part of it's for women with men, because I know a lot of women do a lot of things because you know they're trying to attract and stuff like that. Listen, and nothing wrong with that. But if they want to be in your life, they want to be in your life. And usually it's about more than your body parts, okay? Men, of course, I'm not saying don't look good, but I'm just saying that men, when you really have want someone that's in your life, they're, they're attracted to somebody really real in your life is attracted to your soul being, you know, who you are as a person. You know what I'm saying? If they want to be in your life, they have to uh, get used to the imperfections, okay? You know, hey, you might have a little bit of a, a little belly, okay? Just have some dimples on your ass. It's okay. Shit. You might not, you just had a baby. You may not have a smile or waist or something like that. And then, you know, I mean, it's like, it happens. It's okay. It's okay. Damn, it's okay. Just work it out and get work getting the gym or whatever. But going to do like seven, five or six surgeries at one time and risk your life in a foreign country that's like people who don't have the to try to save money is crazy. Has okay. Be careful, young ladies out here and old ladies too. Okay, shit, that shit ain't working. Calm down. Again, I'm not against surgery. I'm not saying I'm against surgery. I'm just saying that be careful. Sometimes you get what you pay for. Shoot. So, and ladies, when you're looking at these girls, no, it's not against it. Some of you girls with surgery look fabulous. I ain't mad at you at all. I ain't But understand that sometimes what you're looking at is it's just been sculpted on and everything has cost a lot of money, okay? So be very happy with who you are and what you have, okay? It's not – and just work real hard to try to get what you want to get or try to achieve in the best way that you can, okay? It's a lot. It's a lot they're asking women today. <laughs> All right, so prayer for Hazel. I hope everything goes right, okay, for her, gets better for her. But uh, J-Lo, okay, and it's broken up with A-Rod on the street. Jennifer Lopez is decided. I'm not going to say there's no old hoe around here. Around here. <laughs> oh, so Jennifer Lopez, they say, has not returned the $1.8 million engagement ring to A-Rod yet. <laughs> Is she going to do a Mariah? Mariah would be like, this ain't turning over, turning over. This, is, this, this, this ring is for my time. <laughs> I love Mariah. Mariah fucking said, not only am I going to give is this ring for my time, James Packer, we need to come to the table and negotiate a settlement for the rest of my time. Because I am Mariah Carey. (laughs) 
Y'all want to know what her perjury means? That's why she can be. She, she got, I know she messed around with little, with little boy toys. She got her every now and then where she do the boy toys. But listen here, Mariah, <laughs> that help us. She's a high pergamus at heart. She sat Aries with and said, not only do I want this ring, I want some extra money. <laughs> and she didn't even marry him. I love her. <laughs> okay. Jennifer Lopez and Alex was just caught off their engagement, and apparently things are pretty amicable. But perhaps you are not, and this is according to MichaelSoftNews.com, and it's in that time. It says, uh, in, uh, I think it's via Ailey Magazine, it says, according to sources with direct knowledge of the situation he spoke to TNC, J-Lo still has the ring in her possession, and there has been no discussion between the exes as to which one of them is going to keep it. They've been engaged a long time. Jennifer, keep that damn ring. Shit, he wasted a lot of fucking time out here acting like he was really about to do some shit. And, you know, meanwhile, that's for her time. That's for her That's Jennifer Lopez. Time is money. Okay? Time is money. Time she's wasting for all I can with your ass. She could have been doing other things, especially when you're getting older. When you're getting older as a woman, like you, you in your 50s, you're like, bitch, what is it going to be? Are we going to be together next? I ain't got this kind of time. Everything you give me is a down payment on my time, okay? Jennifer, especially Jennifer Lopez, because Jennifer Lopez is the empire, okay? She's not just Jennifer Lopez. She's not just J-Lo. This is the empire, okay? She got clothes. She got shoes. She got, she got handbags. She got, oh, she got music. <laughs> she got movies. She got all kinds of stuff, productions. I ain't got time to fly like with you for nothing. Are we, what is this? I could go fly like with young boys. Younger, I mean, he was younger than her, but I can believe we fly like with younger boy toys. I can, I can be out here doing Mariah. I can out here, you know, give me a little young, young man, play it up. But I was trying to have something serious with you. So this ring is for my time. That's what you should say, J-Lo. Don't give it back. This ring is for my time. And Alex, who I read, is worth like $300 million. I know. You don't get this back. This is just for, no. <laughs> the thing is, J-Lo's engagement ring is merely one of the fancy items the two have given one another over the course of the relationship with TMZ sources saying they exchanged massive amounts of jewelry. He would not get that back. All are watching as well as watches. Those are gifts. Uh, so it's possible they'll just be chill with each other, keeping the respective gifts, including the engagement ring, Okay. Uh, that's a beautiful engagement ring, too. How many of those do you have, Jennifer? Like, how many that we don't know about? She's <laughs> got, like, about five, like five or six engagement rings. <laughs> oh, you know, her and Mariah don't look kind of like each other, people say. But low-key, they kind of alike. <laughs> Mariah's like, bitch, no, she's not. No, 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 no. You can hear the ears saying, I can hear the ears telling me, no, bitch, she's not like this. Who, who are you even talking about? <laughs> J-Lo, keep that ring, okay? That's for your time and your energy and for him playing games and then putting you through mess with a reality TV show, girl is in your shit. No, keep the ring. That's the least Alex can do. Okay. And rock out here. Go ahead and, and get your groove on with Lenny Travis if that's true out in the street. I heard it's true. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but girl, if it's true, 
Don't take it seriously now. Take that damn Gemini seriously. <laughs> but, because he's, you know, he's out here roaming. I don't know if you can take his ass seriously. <laughs> but, he's got, when you get a Gemini roamer, you just got to be like, ugh. <laughs> you can't follow the Gemini. Or like when they get sad, or the Gems with Sag, or Sagittarius. And some Sagittarius can be Romers, too. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, when they Romers, they just say, hey, I want to be free. Free. <laughs> and Jennifer's a Leo, so she's going to want possession. You know what I'm saying? She's going to want, like, something solid. Jennifer, that's why she's just, she has all these relationships. She's committed, but she's passionate. And one thing you can give that bitch is when the passion is gone, she moves on. She she lets you. She don't hold on. <laughs> she moves. Jennifer can move. Jennifer moves. Okay, I, and I think she was in love with Puffy Bear, but she she looked like he was getting really messed up her career. Jennifer like my bitch. Okay, <laughs> Luther can come to my house and sing out the fuck he wants to. I'm out. Leo shit, boy. It's gonna affect being seen. That shit is not gonna happen with Leo. <laughs> okay, so you know, listen, Jay Lo. If it's true about Lenny, I mean, Lenny is sick. Listen, what would I do? Shit. Okay, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I'll be running around in nomad land with Lenny for a little bit. I have fun. You know, because he has to chop it up to fun. He's fun. You can't fall in love with his ass, though, because he's a nomad. You can see that in the series. Like, he's roaming. He's like, roaming. But he's dangerous. He's dangerous because he's got extreme sex appeal. Oh, the things that Leo's like. He's very sexy. I think he has a Neptune and Scorpio. Does he have a Neptune? He's very, I mean, like, he is, like, he seems like demon dick. Yes, no, J-Lo, maybe not. Don't play with it, you know. Oof. But one thing is horrible is an air sign with demon dick. I mean, it's like the worst. It's the worst. An air sign like a Gemini with demon dick. <laughs> the worst. Oh, she's But Lisa that's a that that you can't you can't you can't you can't play a Scorpio. Okay. <laughs> she saw his ass. She sees his ass. Then. That's like he, he caught up in her rib. He don't even know what happened to his ass. He's just like, shit. He'll never love her. Just, but she, even though she moved on, you know, with a Oh, God. She moved on. She did a hell of a thing. Like, that bitch did. Like, I, Lisa Bonet is something to be home. You just, you know, you're like, wow. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, you can't take Jennifer. I say don't take Lenny seriously. I mean, just it, make it like a Drake thing. Have fun, you know, if it's true, these rumors out here is true in these streets, you know, have fun with it, but meh. look for someone else more serious, okay? That said, Puffy's ass might be available right now. He'd be glad to have you back. You know his ass would be glad to have you back, shit. Mark Anthony, um, no, I see what it is with Mark Anthony. I think... You know, I think they're really good friends. Some people are more friends. I think Jennifer decided, this is my personal opinion, but Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony, okay? 
Mark Anthony they said always had a crush on her and that she, you know, they kind of came together. They were best friends and they kind of came together in a relationship. And I get that. And that she, I think she trusted, she trusts him more than any of the men, right? And, but I think he can also be kind of a womanizer. Like he's a dude that he who wouldn't normally probably be a womanizer if he couldn't sing because nobody be checking for his ass like that. But something about Mark Anthony is singing make him sexy as fuck, okay? So he gets a lot of women. <laughs> Right, so uh, I think that kind of disturbed the situation, but I think also that she trusts. That's why she had children with Mark. I think there's a trust and a friendship there. But do I think there's a passion probably there? Mm-hmm. Is that a relationship where she trusts them and knows them and they're friends? Yes, definitely. You can see that. But I think that's probably what was the problem in the relationship. There was more of a friendship there and passion that they could the connection was let's build a family together so that we can always be I kind of see them like that like they kind of built a family together so they could always be connected without being connected like she could they could still have their freedom but they're always going to be connected their friendship I think their friendship is so because it's hard to maintain a friendship with the opposite sex sometimes and you you're and you get into a marriage something I know people who do that but it's still very hard without people getting jealous. So what they've done, in my personal opinion, is because they were, if, this, if it's true what people were saying about them being great friends, what they did is created a little family. So you can't question their connection. You can't say, like, if you're a man, what's Mark doing over here again? Because you know he got kids with him, right? So it's not that they still in love with each other. I think it's just that they, they, they justify, they want to keep their friendship. And so they they built the family together and they ended it because they could still be, maintain their friendship and still have this connection with each other. It's kind of weird, but I think I, I feel that with them. Like they that's their they don't ever want to be disconnected in terms of you know in terms of uh, of of relationship. Not getting together and trying to have an affair. I don't think that's I don't think they even probably feel that for each other. I think it's more of like. I really like this person always in my life. And if I got to build a family with them to do that, that's what I'm going to do. But I just don't want to be with them in a romantic way. <laughs> I wonder what they were to each other. Like, and people who believe in past life, so, well, maybe they were close or like brothers and sisters in their past life or something. Hey, who knows, you know. But I, I find, I think that's what's going on there. So I don't think she'll ever get, I don't know if she'll ever get back with Mark, Mark Anthony unless, She's very. She's a lot older, and they're both ready to just kind of, you know, just friendship is more important than romance. Like now, Jennifer's still young, so she still wants some, you know, she still wants the fire uh, sex, and you know, and the romance and shit like that. You know, she don't want you. She don't just want her best friend. She wants to be. She wants to be. You know, <laughs> that Leo still wants their passion, right? So she's like, nah. Still want to roam out here, and you know, and when she if if they still she's still single and he's still single as they go into their elderly years, I can see them coming back together. But it's not for romance; it would be for their friendship. Okay, true fact. <laughs> that's how I see Mark Anthony and her. Okay, and I think that's why people so like them together because I think people see that friendship between them, okay? Uh, but I think that they don't have, maybe it's not as romantic. And so that's what breaks them up. 
I think for Mark it is, but I don't think for Jennifer it is as much. You know what I'm saying? So it's interesting in it. And I think Mark is also a man who has a lot of choices, and he may have a problem with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, dudes who weren't that, like, probably wasn't cute when they was growing up, and then suddenly they become singers or something big, and now all these bitches is acting like they fine. <laughs> now, there are some dudes who started off nerds, and they was always fine. They just didn't know it. But Mark is probably one of them dudes who wasn't that, and now he's finding out, like, and he's and he's kind of intrigued by that, too. So, yeah, I feel like that's what's going on with him. So, good luck to Jennifer Lopez out here in these streets turning around. Who knows what she would have happened with with her, okay? Uh, let's see here. What else I want to talk to y'all about? Okay, I wanted to talk to y'all about why y'all keep coming for Tyra Banks. Please just stop coming for Tyra Banks. Everybody keeps coming for Tyra Banks about old clips of America's Next Top Model. She's trending on Twitter every other week. I don't know who you uh, young people is out here who's coming at Tyra Banks' ass for old-ass clips that was done back in the early 2000s and late Listen, America's Next Top Model is a it is a reflection of the time, in my personal opinion. I mean, you know what I'm saying? At the time, Tyra was doing something that nobody else in the modeling world had ever done. Shout out to Tyra Banks. I will say that. Shout out to her because you know a lot of people are saying, "Well, no wonder Naomi didn't like her." Fuck that. No, I'm not gonna let y'all do that to Tyra. Tyra uh, was doing stuff with other bitches who probably could have had the means to do it, did, didn't do. She she came on with a show where she gave girls the opportunity to become models like her. At that time, that industry was more rough. There wasn't a lot of plus-size models out there. There wasn't a lot of uh, people of different, you know, ethnicities and all that shit. And Tyra made modeling, she kind of, even though some of the stuff that she said on that show and some of the people said on that show was cringeworthy, it was a reflection of the time. So you little young young asses don't know, understand what the time was. So you come in, you, you reviewing this now, and you're fucking overly politically correct time, okay? But in, this, in that time, it was what it was, okay? And Tyra had, had done something no other chick had ever done she actually brought modeling down a little bit she actually not in a bad way but she made it modeling she made a door open for regular girls to come on today her show and get a, a shot at becoming supermodels giving them a household name so i'm comfort i won't let y'all come for tyra in that way that bitch is tyra's bad that's a bad bitch i, I will not let you fuck that she's to me tyra is the most innovative business-minded uh, model that's in the game. I know you bitches say Naomi Campbell. I like Naomi Campbell. She's funny as hell. It seems like I would like Naomi Campbell. But Naomi Campbell do seem like she's kind of a little bit up there. <laughs> like she could be a little snooty. I believe Tyra was going to have a hell with her. But what I will say this, no, Tyra, she might, Tyra may have her own shit, but Tyra is that bitch, okay? Y'all don't give her enough credit, okay? Don't, y'all don't give Tyra Banks enough credit for the inroads that she's made. Now, I went back into her talk show because I felt like Tyra was a model and she was trying to always dumb herself down when she should have just embraced that model, being that model, beautiful woman, and not try to be every woman, you know what I'm saying? I think her talk show would have went a lot further. But Tyra has built quite the kingdom 
from uh, from uh, from uh, those shows, America's Next Top Model, her talk shows, and other business ventures that Tyra had. I think even Tyra went back to school. Did she go like to Harvard or something? Fuck yeah, y'all might even come to Tyra Banks. Hell with that, okay? And y'all not about to be up here talking about uh, comparing her and dissing her to not Naomi Campbell. No, to me, Tyra Campbell, Ty, Tyra, I mean Tyra Banks has made more inroads than even Naomi. Even though Naomi is a girl that gets a lot of justice, she's been in these rappers' videos and she's been everywhere. She hangs around all these big people, and I like Naomi, like I said. But Tyra, if that bitch is for real out in these streets, she's been doing some real gritty shit, and she's been making it happen. So shout out to Tyra Banks. I will not let you up talk about Tyra. She is not going to have it in here. It is what it is. I said what I said, okay? And I like Naomi Campbell, but I don't see her ass making no damn uh, shows uh, trying to get other different regular girls a shot. She probably wasn't even, she probably was scared to because what Tyra was doing, it was innovative. It was different, okay? Tyra did something that, you know, gave other, she gave some household names. You wouldn't get Eva Marcel. It wasn't the Tyra Banks. What's that other girl, the other, uh, I forget, another big girl, that a big girl that came out there that was popular for a while. I met her at Essence Fest, so I forget her name. It was a lot. She made about a few, quite a few household names for some models. Why don't y'all fucking come to Tyra? And yes, yes, it was cringeworthy. A lot of stuff they said, looking at it in today's world, but shit, that's how it was back in those days. It was hard to get in that shit. It was hard. It still is hard, okay? So don't come for her ass. Y'all better look at Tyra for what she is, innovative, smart, brilliant, beautiful. Yes, Tyra, I am giving all the love to you. Is there times when Tyra get out of my nerves? Yes. But for the most part, Tyra is that bitch. Whenever y'all get this, she always trying it, even if it don't even, if it ain't going to even go right. There's some shit Tyra done started, and I'm like, Tyra, please. But for the most part, she what she does is she does it, all right? And she, and she, and she does it. And she, and I know she, over the years she slowed down, but y'all need to look check her bio, okay? That chick has done a lot, okay? Yes, she has. Yes, she has. She's not just a model. She's not just a pretty face, okay? She's just not around here. No, Tyra has done some shit. I'm tired of y'all. I'm not going to come for her. I'm not going to let that happen. <laughs> All right, okay, okay. So when we come back, we're going to talk about this woman admitting to killing her kids. Because she was trying to protect them. Y'all some crazy. Y'all crazy fuck out here these days, okay? And we're going to talk about Christy Teigen back on Twitter after a few minutes, okay? And Sharon Osborne discusses Prince Harry having white privilege. And you know what? Sharon is right. Sharon is right. Okay? So we're going to talk about this and a whole lot more when I come back on the CC show. Meanwhile, I'm going to give y'all a break here. A little. Okay. Let's start off with Maxwell, something, something. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, y'all.
for the very best in government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news. Tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. All right, what's up, you guys? We are back. I'm taking TMZ right now for a story before I say something. Let me do it here. Uh, okay, they're saying Black Rob is dead at 51. Uh, this is according to uh, TMZ. It says Black Rob, a rapper who was once part of Diddy's bad boy roster, aside. This according to his former label mates. Uh, this is Rob reportedly passed away Saturday while hospitalized in Atlanta. This is after apparently battling kidney failure for quite some time. Wow. So says New York City radio personality DJ Self, who posted a video from Rob from his hospital bed speaking on DMX Cat. Ah, so prayers to his family. That's very sad. What do you need to do to do like woe or whatever woe? I forget that. But very, very serious. Okay, yeah, he's talking about DMX. I don't even doubt the hospital. I mean, wow. Wow. I remember like when people like that come out, it's just, you know, life is so, that's why you got to take care of, just take care of yourselves, guys out there. You know, it's just, wow, it's so sad. Mm. Okay, so we're talking about Christy Teasing. Okay, uh, Christy, I told y'all. I told y'all, and I told y'all, and I told y'all that Christy was going to be back, okay, because Christy was addicted to Twitter now, okay? But it says, Christy, she didn't even give it a month. <laughs> so Christy's teacher returns to Twitter just three weeks after deactivation. It feels terrible to silence yourself, okay? After only three weeks away from, um, let's put this here. Okay, come on here. It's up. It says, after only three weeks away from the platform, she's known for dominating. Christy Teasing has returned to Twitter. This is according to uh, Bosses.com. It says, the model turned cookbook author surprised fans on Friday when she sent out a tweet for the first time in almost a month. No, it wasn't quite a month. L- letting everyone know she's back. Immediately her name began to trend. Her fans welcomed her back. And, of course, others are making fun of her for not being able to stay off the platform for more than a couple of weeks, especially after such a dramatic a- exit. You know what? I'm not surprised. I knew she was going to come back. I pay no attention, okay? She is a celebrity. She has to do what she got to do. She got, I knew she was going to bring her ass back. That's for sure. Hey, I didn't say, it didn't take a psychic to tell that. <laughs> okay? Uh, Sharon Osborne is out here in these streets talking. She's done her first interview. I think she did with Bill Maher. You know, I'm, I I think very differently from everybody, and I know from the most most of the people who are out here talking about Sharon Osbourne. Um, listen, I understand that Sharon has cringe-worthy moments. Okay, I have some white friends that have cringe-worthy moments where I'm like, Ugh. you know what I'm saying? Where I, and and also some, you know, not sometimes understanding. Uh, their privilege. I do believe Sharon on there, she tried to invoke the white tear thing. I get all of that, okay? But I actually do think that the show is going to be much different without Sharon Osbourne because what I do like about Sharon Osbourne is that she's very upfront about who she is and she doesn't try to pretend or anything like that. And I'm like a straight-up person, you know? Um, it says, Sharon Osbourne brings Clint Harry Pot, the poster boy for white privilege amid the talk exit. Sharon Osbourne has broken her silence following her decision to leave the talk last month before she branded Prince Harry the poster boy for white privilege, okay? Former talk, the talk host Sharon Osbourne, 66, uh, 60, is it 68? 68 has broken her silence on her exit from the um, uh, 
uh, broken her side from her exit uh, on the talk, okay, appearing uh, appearing in real time with Bill Maher yesterday. The flame here TV personality addressed her controversial exit from the show following her defense of Pierce Morgan and his comments about and his comments about Meghan Markle after her landmark interview with Oprah Winfrey. Okay, Sharon walked across the stage to greet the chat chat host, surprised and cheering. In the live audience, that's nice. Said Bill, referencing the support uh, support the former talk presenter was giving. Aren't you glad you came and all this stuff? Okay, and let's see here. Uh, speaking to the TV host, Sharon opened up about how she felt following her decision to leave the talk. I'm angry and I'm hurt. She retweeted. Sharon's admission comes comes weeks after the CBS confirmed that she had had made the decision to leave the talk. At, at the end of March, after 11 seasons of presenting the show. During her landmark interview with Oprah, Meghan Markle claims to have experienced suicidal thoughts after she joined the royal family, okay? Uh, following the claims, Pierce Morgan said on Good Morning uh, Morning Britain, I'm sorry, I don't believe a word she said. Meghan Markle, I wouldn't believe if she read me a weather report. Sharon then defended her, her friend's statement on the talk in early March sparking backlash on the social media, which style the star branding has a racist. Which I didn't understand. I understand what y'all were, what's the under, see, black people have to be very careful of this. We know certain coding and stuff like that, but white people sometimes don't recognize their own coding, you know, to be racist. I mean, that's where you have to uh, break it to them and help them to understand that. That comes in talking with each other. It doesn't just come in canceling with somebody. You know, so um, my thing is that Sharon didn't understand. I know she was trying to trigger the white tears and stuff. White women a lot of times do that, and they try to be dominant in the conversation. Like I saw it the other day with this black man on Fox. This white woman was getting upset because what she was saying was kind of wrong, and this black dude was confronting her on it and saying, hey, those are lies. And this other white guy cuts in on her, cuts in on her and says, hey, now, calm down, like, like you know, like, tell, like he's a kid. And then she's talking to him, like, you know, getting all upset and trying to make it so that she was getting attacked. But it's a debate show. But when it comes to black people confronting white people, sometimes white people don't know, not all white people, but a lot of white people don't know they have this innate thing that feels like you feel superior. So you get upset with a black person confronting you, and you think that's not supposed to happen. You know, you don't do that with white people, but you do this thing with black people, y'all got it. Sometimes I got to be aware of that. And that comes from uh, the the atmosphere that this society has taught you how to treat black people, okay, over the years. And so sometimes there's not a, a respect. And so I did see that with Sharon, okay. But at the same time, I believe that comes from conversation, not by canceling someone, okay? And I don't think, I wasn't mad at her for defending Chris Morgan. What I'm mad about is black people defending Meghan Markle, who clearly has not shown much affection in her time before she got married to Harry for black people, okay? So I'm not really all that into Meghan, okay? Um, even though she's had black, okay? But Sharon also labeled Harry as the poster boy for right privilege after he opened up about his situation alongside his wife talking to Oprah. She said to the show host, you know, when they say white privilege, you know, right there with Harry, right there. He is the poster boy. So, you know, he sits there and says, daddy cut him off and he's not on the wages anymore. And he was boohooing about it. I noticed this, too. People were not listening. Even she was boohooing about not – she wasn't boohooing, boo-hooing because about the color. That wasn't the shocker for her. 
The shocker was that my kid can't have a title. My kid can't have a, a I mean, and I think access to certain things. And, yes, you want your child if they're royal to have those accesses, but it was sort of like, it was sort of like it was. she was speaking from a privileged point of view that none of us could ever understand. So I was like, why are black people defending her right to be in a family that has traditionally been known for their white supremacy and white privilege? You know, why are we defending her shit to be a part of a white supremacist a monarchy? I mean, what the fuck? Who, who the fuck do we fuck you? I mean, if you love them, you love them. Y'all done moved to California. Y'all done got away from that shit. Raise your family. Quit boohooing that they ain't giving you no fucking security. Quit boohooing that they ain't treating you like a royal. Y'all decided to leave, right? So do do you, boo. You know, that's what's kind of crazy to me. And I agree with Sharon. It was it's white privilege at its highest, okay? And we wasn't seeing that because black people, we wouldn't defend Megan because she's half black. But we, we, we don't understand some of the shit Megan said on that show. Like, she literally has no concept of probably black life in America or what it's like to be black in America. And her own, her mom may, but not her personally. She is, she, to me, when I look at Megan Markle, that is somebody who was raised traditionally to be uh, a color, like, to not, to, to not really have a color to kind of not to be uh, not see color, kind of so she can move her way up in society. She embraces more of the, it seemed like the white side. And then she marries into this family, has a black woman, and don't ask questions <clears throat> to turn into race and don't look at their background or anything. It tells you a lot about her state of mind and how she perceives her own black. Okay, so, uh, you know, um, yeah, I'm not totally against Sharon on this. I think Sharon Osborne, uh should be upset. I really actually think Sharon should still be on the show. It is what it is. Okay, because that's how you create dialogue. I know that a lot of people like Tyreek, and she and all them are disagreeing with this. I love them. I like Tyreek and them, but I disagree with them on this portion because you don't want that to start happening because then next time if a black person do something, they're going to they're gonna come after about five black people for Sharon. Okay, so, and, you know, Sharon has the right to defend her friends. And from on the surface, it did not look racist. And it's not something that's easy to prove that it was, right? We know the coding, but it's not easy to prove to people that it was. So you have to deal with this in, the, in terms of conversation and, keep, and keeping her on the show so that people can have those conversations. Like Holly Robinson Pete. Like people got upset with me for going on going in on Holly Robinson Pete. The reason I went in on the Holly Robinson Pete because I didn't hear them fucking stories years ago when she was on the top uh, on the top and she could if Sharon said shit like that, she could have got Sharon's ass out then by coming out publicly and letting us know that shit. Holly Robinson Pete jumping in the conversation five years later with some bullshit that you could have dealt with her years ago in, I don't care. I don't really care about what shit you got to say now. That's five years ago, girl. Shit. You could have got rid of her ass. You, don't know anything. you can't do nothing about it now. It's like with The Apprentice. It's like after, I, after you showed up on the shows and stuff and got your work, you never said anything until, oh, well, then two years later, he can well, I knew that. He said, I heard Donald said some racist stuff about me. I mean, you know, you could say, hey, I heard it. I should have said something at the time. Nobody wants to hear it. Okay? So, but I do agree. I think Harry, uh, Prince Harry is the picture of white privilege, him and Megan both. Okay? Um, 
this woman accused of killing her her family. I mean, her. This is one of the craziest damn stories I ever heard. Okay. L.A. woman suspected of killing her children speaks in a jailhouse interview. Okay. Oh, I got to play it for y'all to believe it. Okay, why well, she said she killed her kids. Jesus, let me see if I got it up. Okay, we're going to try to pull this in. Try to pull this up for y'all to hear. I mean, okay, here we go. Let me pull, let me get this so you guys can hear this. Her name is uh, Liliana Carrillo. Uh, she killed her three children, Okay. So, um, let's try hear this. I can call you Liliana. Um, my name is Liliana Castillo. Um, yeah, ask one more question if it's okay. If you could just lower the mask like that, do you feel comfortable doing that? Away from me, so I think. Um, and would you mind spelling your full name? I was a mom of a I've always been a person who basically men for helping people. Um, I used to travel California and that's trafficking. So in the social justice um and rights and things like this. Um I've always been very vocal about basically a lot of the things that are going on in the world. Um, I had a very challenging upbringing. My mom um she's a great person. She's actually been the most important person uh, Okay, you guys. I'm gonna get to the part where she talked about her key. And my daughter was vocalizing that she was hurting down below. Okay, so here we go. Let's let me get to this part here and leader and so I think that um being in a a very sad place and um my children were showing signs of grooming and my daughter was vocalizing that she was hurting down below and it wasn't the first time targeted because of the work that I had done. Um and that was a very impactful Okay, I'm going to let you guys hear this. I'm trying to go to where she talks about her kids. I'm winding back a little bit. And when she's in the state, I said she killed her children. So check this out. Basically, he took advantage of me being in a, a very sad place. And um, my children were showing signs of grooming, and my daughter was vocalizing that she was hurting down below and it wasn't the first time and I went through every avenue that I should have as a parent. Um, I provided video documentation. I'm a 
to get to this part, you guys. Okay, here we go. And I feel 
I feel bad for what he, and you know what? I wonder if the father even is guilty of any of the shit she's saying because what it's done is it makes you look like you're the fucking crazy one. You are the fucking uh, 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 mental one because you actually killed your children. She drowned her children. You know how crazy, you know what you have to do to drown a child? Pulling her mask out. Like, Can I put it in my neck? Can I put it? Like, she's scared. She's scared to not be wearing. Take your mask off, bitch. Take it off. You can get all the COVID. You can get all the smoke. You can take it. This is here. It says, she says, this is according to Los Angeles Times, the mother of three children dead in, in a Rosada apartment admitted Thursday in a television interview to killing the kids. From inside a Kern County jail, Liliana uh, told KZETV and NBC affiliate in Bakersfield that she killed her children in order to protect, to protect them from their father. I drowned them. No, I think she killed them uh, to, to hurt the father. Yeah, now, bitch, you you did that to hurt him, and, but that's what I think. It's a, but I drowned him. Corilla said, "I wish my kids were alive." Yes. Do I wish I didn't have to do that? Yes. The children's father, Eric Denton, has been expressing alarm about Corilla's mental health and his safety for his kids for months. Corilla was extremely paranoid and erratic, according to the father's account in court papers. Uh, which described her increasingly bizarre claims that she was solely responsible for the COVID-19 pandemic and that his hometown of Porterville was beset by a pedophile ring. I am afraid for my children's physical and mental well-being, Denton told the two lower county judge last month. The judge agreed to grant physical custody to Benton. Los Angeles County prosecutors are expected to file murder charges against Carrillo later this week. The children's grandmother discovered the children, Joanne, three, Terry, two, and Sierra, six months, dead and their mother gone on Saturday morning at an apartment conference in Rosada, Authority said. Two of the children showed signs of drowning, and all three had injuries that indicated they were bludgeoned. No cause of death and publicly released. The Los Angeles Police Department has identified Corolla 30 as a suspect in their career. Uh, they're killers, okay? Uh, listen. I don't care if you thought he was the killer. It doesn't make sense to kill the kid. I mean, you thought he was a rapist and stuff like that. It doesn't make sense to kill the kid, bitch. Yes, I found her a bitch because this is ridiculous. And then she got nothing left to have on her ass. Fuck. Kill, you drown your babies. And then you try, the daddy's up here trying to get cussy, talking about some pedophile ring with her crazy ass. Uh-huh. No, she was trying to get at his ass. And the way to get at his ass was them kids. Now, I do question his sanity because he was fucking with her. But at the same time, listen here, you gonna, you expect us to believe you killed these kids to set them free? Some ass cover. What happened to you? Why didn't you get you? Wow. The sick shit that's going on in the world right now. Do I feel sorry for her? Is she really mentally ill? Yeah. But I doubt if this bitch is this mentally ill, okay? I am really sick of the, the, the dumb shit. This is three babies. These are babies. This is a three-year-old. And, yeah, you know what? Listen, women like her probably needed help early on. There was probably signs way earlier that she was crazy or that she was cracking. Because a lot of times these girls, a lot of these women will have these babies and they can't, they, they, they going through psychosis, they can't handle it and shit like that. And that's real shit. When people are telling you they got psychosis situations, women have killed children 
And, and you know, and you can't kind of, for some women, you feel a little sorry because they've been having a lot of pressures on them and stuff like that, and they've been calling out for help and help and help, and nobody's giving them help. But this helper claims that the father was the messed up one, and that's why she did it. No, uh-uh. Go directly to jail and do not pass a go, bitch, okay? Don't even tell you It's ridiculous. She shouldn't be allowed with a man, no. Okay. Three children, like to drown a child, you got to, at some point, can it come to you when a baby's kicking and they hollering and crying? What? And they're going to blame the dead. Do I feel sorry? In some senses, a little, if she's a little touched, yes. But I don't like her excuse. Her excuse is lame. Her excuse is not one. I don't believe, at this point, because you're the killer, you're the one who brought harm to them that cannot be reversed, that cannot be uh, helped, healed. With, with They can't go to a, a psychiatrist or a therapist to get healed from the injuries. You, they can always go to a psychiatrist or a therapist or somebody to get healed from the injuries of abuse. But, bitch, you did the permanent damage by killing them. So I don't believe yet, and I believe that she's probably cracking up for a long-ass time and nobody paid attention to it, and here we go. We got these kids here gone, and a dad sitting up here saying who had been addressing the court, telling them she was losing her damn mind. This is very sad. I don't want to end this, make this the last story, so I'm not, let me give you all another story, because that was so sad. Okay, this, this you know, ugh, just, it's ridiculous. Okay, this is all I got to say is ridiculous. Okay, let's go on to the bachelor star, Colton Underwood, comes out his gate. Okay, this is some ridiculous shit, too. Listen here, ladies, this is why I say do not go on these shows, TV shows, looking for love, okay? Because so many things drive these television shows. When you, If you're going on there to be seen as you want to be in the acting world or something like that, I get that. But don't go on there and take that shit seriously, okay? Because you never know what the bachelor himself is on there for. You never know because they're driven by fame and so many other, um, um, you know, narcissistic ideas in our society, okay? So this is Colton Underwood is ready to live his truth. This is according to Good Morning America. The former bachelor star came out as gay and an exclusive. I'm not saying that was Colton's case, but I'm just saying it could have been. Okay, in an exclusive interview with Robin Roberts on Good Morning America on Wednesday, I've ran from, my, from myself for a long time. I've hated myself for a long time, Underwood told Roberts in a pre-tape chat, and I'm gay. And I came to terms with that earlier this year, and I've been processing it. And the next step in all of this was to sort out, sort of letting, uh, sort of letting people know. I'm still nervous, but, yeah, he continued. It's been a journey for sure. Underwood said he finally got to a place where he could be honest with himself after 2020, the year that turned everyone's life upside down and made people look at themselves in the mirror and figure out who they are and what they've been running from or what they've been putting off in their lives. When Roberts, who was openly gay, said she could see the joy and see the relief, and Underwood, he said he was emotional in, like, such a good, happy, positive way and is the happiest and healthiest he's ever been. Underwood said he went through a dark and bad time before feeling like he could reveal this about himself and, and his wake-up call was feeling like he would have rather died than say he was gay. There was a moment um, in L.A. that I woke up and I didn't think I was going to wake up. 
I didn't have the intentions of waking up, and I did. He called nothing, noting this moment and other suicidal thoughts led him to take back control of his life. When Roberts asked about the women from his bachelor season and how they, among others, may feel misled, Underwood said he would understand why they would think that way. I thought a lot about this, too, of do I regret being the bachelor and do I regret handling it the way I did? I do, he said. I do think I could have handled it better. I'll say that. Underwood said he was genuinely wishes he hadn't dragged people into my own mess of figuring out who I was. In addition to saying I'm sorry to those women, he would thank he would say thank you because ultimately they and the franchise helped him to get to get this place. Listen here, this motherfucker needs that. You know what? I, and I, I we kind of excuse a lot of people, but going on the Bachelor and playing that shit out was the highest form. Like you can pretend in, in your personal life and whatever you want to do and stuff like that, but you went on there and put women through a strenuous fucking process on television trying to get your ass. And here the whole time you was into this. I'm just really saying what I'm saying. Hey, don't get mad at me. It's a I said what I said. Ladies, that's why you do not go on these shows looking for love. And I'm sure he ain't the only gay bachelor that been up in there. He is not. I'm telling you, I bet he's not. These shows are, they don't bet these people do too well. They don't really do certain things they love. They know drama may be leaking there. Listen, don't go on these shows and take these men seriously. Like, you just be going in there, y'all be having sex with them and all kind of stuff. Don't do that. Don't do that. Go in there. Take it loosely. Take it loosely as a dating show. Keep your standards up if you want in them, these type of shows. But I always know that some shit like this can come out years later. Shout out to Colton for coming to his truth. I'm glad you came to your truth. But you also, in the process, probably hurt a lot of women. So it is what it is, all right? But listen, now this is going to set, you know what this is setting up for, okay? You know why he came out, why they let him come out? Because I bet this is setting up for a season of The Gay Bachelor. I bet, I, I bet y'all going to get a gay bachelor. And that's going to be some messy shit. And meaning gay men, they're going to make y'all shit real messy. Like, they, you think the straight people have been messy. They're going to make y'all shit messy, too. You know what I'm saying? So get ready. The Gay Bachelor is going to be on ABC at a TV show near, uh, probably ABC near you. TV show coming soon. Okay, I'm sure this is what we, we should give. We want to try to rectify the situation with not the women. They ain't gonna come bring the women back. Let's do uh, Colton, and he has a chance to look at men that he wants to uh, date. You know, this is what this shit's getting really set up for, okay? And, ladies, you I, I hate to say this, but if he's probably not the only gay bachelor that has been on that show, that's why you can't take that shit seriously. It's already hard enough to date and marry and, and get with people in, in life without, uh, within real life, not let alone on a television show with cameras and shit and producers and all kind of shit. It's hard to see a person, Okay. It's hard to see people in real life, but let alone in that kind of atmosphere. So don't go into those type of atmospheres thinking that you are guaranteed to find love. You really going looking for love? I would suggest not going on a lot of those shows. Okay, there's a lot more things you can do to find some love. Okay. Okay. Uh, what else here? What else? I'm gonna tell you where we at. We got two minutes. Oh, we down to the last part of the show. Okay. I'm going to go into overdrive. I'm going to talk to y'all for a minute in overdrive. I think I got to talk about, I don't think I have much to talk about. Okay. I was meant to talk about the vaccine, but 
I don't think I'm going to have a chance uh, to talk about that. We'll, we may do a part two later on. But for those of you who are listening to the show, thank you guys for hanging out with me every week like you do. I appreciate you so much. Uh, have a really good weekend. I will see y'all next week, okay? And let's end it with, uh, shit, I'm Let's end it with Tony Braxton. Uh, dance. It's the CC show. I'm uh, I'm out, y'all. Okay. Have a good one. For those of you who are home, hanging online, just hold on. You can uh, listen to the after show. Okay. you are listening to the archive show thank you guys so much for hanging out with me like you do every week and you know what you guys can hit me up at the call out of Chapel facebook page uh you can hit me up at uh and if you got a message about a show or something you want to hear or something like that go to call out of Chapel facebook page make sure you put it uh send me a message or something like that and uh, or something that you thought about the show that you want to share, or feel free to do that, okay? The best place to send your messages is the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook. And I'm also on Twitter at C Chatwood Show, and then I have a little strange Twitter account that I, I play with here and there, but Carlotta72. So those are two Twitter accounts, C Chatwood Show, that I own all the time, and then Carlotta72. Also, there is, um, you can hit me up at uh, 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 Instagram, Carly's underscore galaxy is my Instagram, Carly's underscore galaxy. And um, Clubhouse is Carlotta, it's Carlotta Chatwood, okay? Uh, for those of you guys, um, oh, what else, what else, what else, what else, guys? I think that's it, okay? So if you all, if you, the best place to send me, oh, if you're, and become a member of Block Talk Radio, guys, Black Talk Radio has so many great shows on here. When you become a member, make sure you follow the show. That way you can keep up with when I'm coming on and when I'm not coming on, stuff like that, okay? All right. Also, uh, what else? We did, what did we not get to talk about today? I don't know if I'm going to have a part two show. I don't know. I'll have to see, okay? Depends on what else uh, comes out. We didn't get to talk about the vaccine situation, you know, with the women uh, getting the vaccine shots and having a lot of issues from them, uh, J. Uh, Johnson and Johnson vaccine. I actually heard about that a couple of weeks ago. And then, um, uh, uh, you know, Pfizer just said that you may have to have a three shot. <laughs> and you might have to get them yearly. 
say wait, people. That's why I tell people to wait for these vaccines, okay? Wait is because they're, you're, the first punch of y'all is kind of the guinea pigs, and then they're going to try to perfect these things as they go on, okay, because they rush this shit. So be very careful. I understand y'all excited about getting in everything, but just take your, you know, time. Uh, the Dwight Wright, Dante Wright situation. Sorry, uh, you guys. I'm. I haven't been talking about that a lot. You know, I'm. I'm gonna tell you. I'm numb to this. I'm numb. I really am. I, and I prayers for his family. It's so sad what happened. Uh, I may try to have a show during the week where I talk about this a little bit more. I am very numb to these type of things. I am, and you know, I want to have the benefit of the doubt that it was a tragic mistake. But it's hard to have that, you know. I think that that uh, people don't – you're more prone to them type of mistakes when it's a black man because what happens with a lot of these cops and stuff is that we, we – you know, there are certain images out there of how black males are, these, these images that have been put out, that have been put out by, not, you know, not only just uh, news, media – but Hollywood and everything of black males being scary or black people, period, being scary. And then when you work in these neighborhoods and in certain beats where it's reinforced to you that these people aren't men, but maybe they're monsters in your eyes, then you're less uh, cognizant of how you handle situations dealing with these people, not understanding that we are humanity and not understanding that in certain in certain areas and stuff, you know, impoverished communities have certain situations going on, and there is no uh, empathy for those type of things. There's no empathy for humanity, and you know, I, I feel like this is a part of what happens with a lot of these cops. I think that they have reinforced stereotypes in their head, and it makes them less likely to care for black people. Could it have been a mistake? Maybe. But it's a mistake that probably more than likely would not have happened with a white man because you see them as you you see them as humanity, but you tend not to see black people as humanity. But you see black people as a threat, particularly black men. It is so sad, and I will tell you this: I knew when both and John happened, when somebody could be sitting in his house eating ice cream on his couch, not fucking with nobody. And a bitch walk up in his house and say, I think it's her house and talking about she accidentally shot him. Uh-uh. I knew it was, I knew it was crazy. I'm crazy out here. I knew the streets was getting in. I'm serious, y'all. I got numb after that. I, and I just prayers for the family, you know. Sad, it's sad. Even with George Floyd, the whole thing, it's just, the whole thing is just something that I just, Right now, I just really trying to disassociate. I really am because it makes me, it takes me into a whole other state. And that's one I don't want to go into. Okay, so prayers for his family. Uh, you know, it's very sad. And hopefully there is a sense, uh, they get a sense of, you know, a justice out here. Uh, I forgot, you know, a justice with this situation. Um, Usher, I forgot to talk about Usher. I hear him spending these, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> He's tripping. He said he was advertising, though, in the strip club, advertising for his new show on in Vegas, okay? Which I I, hey, I want to, I may want to go to. I may get some girls to go see Usher in Vegas. That'd be, you know what? 
they need more artists need to do Vegas residencies. Vegas residencies are great because you can go to Vegas and hang out. There's a lot to do in Vegas. Catch your favorite artist. I love that the idea of Vegas residency. So yeah, maybe that's why Beyonce had her ass there. Beyonce would be great at a Vegas residency. She is. That bitch would be great. I go see her ass. Okay, she is that. That's her. That would be her thing. Maybe she's there. Maybe she's making some sort of deal for that. Maybe that's the reason she's showing Vegas. But that would be dope. Cause I, I definitely see a show of Beyonce's at Vegas. You don't have to tour and shit. You just go like you. Make, let everybody come to you. You can relax and shit somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I know people love touring because I would love going to different cities and stuff. I know some people hate it, but, you know, it's, I, I think it would be fun, like, the first few times, you know, to get to different cities and see your different fans in their hometowns and stuff like that. That's intriguing to me. But a lot of artists who don't like touring all the time and say it can be stressful and a lot for them, you know, Vegas is a spot. You know, you can go lay up in these hotels, get paid a whole lot of money, and let your fans come see you. Shit, that shit works. And plus, you know, there's a lot more to do than that. But Usher said he was trying to advertise his show, but you should have known better than throwing them fake fake ass money at these strippers. So the strippers are gonna call you out, Usher. <laughs> Hilarious, okay? And you know, more boycotts continue in Atlanta uh, uh, about you know uh, concerning the Voting Rights Act. And I think the latest one was uh, Will Smith and Antoine and 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 Antoine, Antoine Fuqua, you know, last time we heard about him, he was up there with Nicole Richie, because, I mean, Nicole Murphy, not Nicole Richie, Nicole Murphy, that's a different story. I, hey, Antoine, I hope you and Layla doing well. <laughs> Damn, Antoine and Will, Will had any kind of problems too, shit. <laughs> but the last time is uh, the, the, the news, latest news about that is that Will and Anton won't shoot Emancipation, this movie in Georgia, because of voting restrictions. I think that's dumb as fuck. I think that it's only going to hurt the Atlanta area, the greater area surrounding Georgia, probably not as much, but it will hurt the Georgia, this particular Atlanta, Georgia area where there is a lot of black people and a lot of black entrepreneurship and stuff that goes on. It is going to hurt them. Funny how these democratic policies always end up hurting black people in the end. Okay, and and I don't think the voters thing is that far off. Y'all gotta show me in the voters thing. Besides the water situation, I don't know what the fuck y'all talking about. That is voter restrict restriction. I mean, asking you to get someplace before the voter place closed, giving you a certain amount of time. I don't understand where the voter. I don't. Y'all gotta tell me because I I don't see it. Okay, I mean a lot of times y'all just hear. Somebody say voter restriction. They're trying to restrict black people from their rights, but you don't go and actually read the bill. So much that I've read about these, this bill has not shown me anything that is being oppressive. But, okay, maybe the ID thing for older people because it's harder for older people to get their birth certificates. But you young motherfuckers can get out and know how to go to get a, get to voting. If you got three weeks of voting, you know how to go to a, get get there to get go voting eventually. You know how to go to the... Uh, you know how to get uh, – I used to get up sometime at 6 in the morning when I was in Missouri to go vote, shit, before I go to work. Y'all just – shit, y'all know how to get y'all damn IDs. I ain't got time for the bullshit. Come on now. I, I, if they was asking y'all some hard questions, telling y'all y'all need to take uh, a test before y'all, the SATs and shit like that before you vote, then I'd have a problem. Okay. <laughs> 
or people were threatening you at the voting polls and stuff like that, then I have. But other than that, no. I mean, you know, so we'll, you know, we'll see how this goes. But a lot of this, you know, hurting, a lot of these things is just hurting the business, uh, black businesses and black employees, okay, in in that uh, very black area, okay. So I don't, I don't see, you know, Atlanta is losing black people lose, okay. Uh, Justin Timberlake, if they say set up wild wardrobe malfunction with Janet Jackson, that's horrible. It's just a true story. I'm not gonna talk about it today, but I did see that in uh, I think it was page six dot com. You know, so y'all might want to read and check that out. Um, I think that's it, y'all. That's it today. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm about to get on out here too. What am I doing? I need to eat and watch the ID channel. Chad, I need to do something on the ID channel on one to six. They're like, Carlotta, you a mess. Oh, and plus I got to do some homework, child. I got to, I'm behind. I got to, I got I got stuff to do, okay? So you guys, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of y'all weekend. Enjoy it. Uh, I'm going to leave out with, what am I going to leave out with? I had dance on. Uh, let's leave out with, I can't go for that, Holland Oats, okay? It's the Carlotta Tablet Show. I'm Carlotta. Y'all have a good one. I'll see y'all next week, Atlas. Or maybe during the week, all right? I'm out. <laughs>